Welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else. And you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am ready, Mr. Cuthbert. Well, let's go! Woo-hoo-hoo! Cinco de Hancho Show! Wednesday, May 5th! Y'all truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert from the great city of New York, the great state of New York. Everybody, please say hi to my friend and yours. Mr. Hancho himself, Robert Cuny from the great state of Maryland. How are you, pal? That's uh, Senor Hancho to you, my friend. Ooh. As I, we say, happy Cinco de Mayo to all of our Hancho listeners out there. Greetings and salutations. Welcome, everyone. Doing well. It's a super windy May the 5th here in Maryland. Stuff keeps hitting the windows, branches, debris, you know, uh, farm girls on bicycles, small dogs, you know, you name it. It's uh, striking. It's striking Casa de Cuny. Hey, there's another. Cinco de Mayo reference. Oh, yes. Oh, you are we have not so forgotten so. the holiday named after my least favorite condiment, mayonnaise. Isn't that what uh, Cinco de Mayo is named after? No, mayonnaise? You, are, you are incorrect, sir. You're incorrect. Oh, okay. Well, You're good very... thing for our listeners. I have a whole Cinco de Mayo rundown that we can talk about in just a smidge. In just a smidge. So how are you, man? Outside I'm... of uh, the debris hitting your house and um, the fact that you don't know that Cinco de Mayo is not about mayo. No, I know it's about mustard. Um, no, I'm fine. I'm good. You know, again, hanging in there. School year is winding down. I'm sure as a parent of school children, you see that as well in your kids and your spouses. Clearer eyes nowadays, happier faces, smiling faces. The countdown has begun to the end of the school year. <laughs> you already, huh? You're already I'm, done? You're done. I'm done. I, I checked out a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really the story of my life. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm, I'm an early checkout sort of person. Well, at least you got a job, not like a couple of guys in New York, you know. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, on Monday, on Monday we had you know, a normal pile of stuff to talk about. And since Monday afternoon, it, the whole sports world has exploded. So always when I think, what are we going to talk about this week? Sports, the sports ferry never fails to deliver you know, nuggets of sporty goodness right to our doorstep. Unfortunately, a lot of times that means someone's either lost a job or is losing a job or has said something stupid or died. Uh, again, 732, Wednesday, May the 5th, no Hall of Famers have died. That's but good news. As we, as we tell you every week, uh, Willie Mays, your family, family of Willie Mays, friends, associates, give him a hug. Call him, tell him you love him, call him, say happy Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> I'm sure Willie Mays has a daiquiri in his hand, even as we speak. Most and how are you? I've prattled on long enough. How are you? I'm good, man. Yeah, nobody uh, cares. I'm, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Let's go. It's cold out. No, seriously, how are you, my friend? I'm good. Well, you know, I'm a Rangers fan, so I'm, I'm kind of a little speechless, a little in shock. Don't know what to do. Um, I've got the game on here in the background as uh, your Washington Capitals featuring star player, star winger, Mr. Tom Wilson. Uh, playing here right now. Uh, the Rangers have been eliminated, obviously, from the playoffs uh, Monday night by your Caps. 
and at the hands of the New York Icelanders a couple games before then. And there was a little bit of trouble there on Monday. And it's basically between the Islanders and the Capitals have basically just ruined my New York Rangers franchise here. And there's still two more games to have to suffer through uh, after this one. So, I don't know. I'm just, like I said, I'm yeah. just a little. Well, I mean, I know we're going to get into it and we, we will save it for later. But you're asking me how I am, and I got to be honest with you, I'm, I'm just kind of shocked. I think all Ranger fans across the entire world, because we do have the most fans in the world, um, are just shell shocked right now. Well, but you know what? Long term, and I realize it's hard to look at the, the forest for the trees at the moment, but the needle is moving in the right direction for the Rangers. And maybe not off the ice, you know, but certainly on the ice. Um, from all accounts, from all the people I know that are long-suffering Ranger fans like yourself. It seems like the team is moving in the right direction. But you, at the very tip-top, and this, this, this move had his fingerprints, his long Arsenio Hall-like fingers all over, was CEO uh, and Nick franchise destroyer Jim Dolan. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, he's, he's been real quiet for a long time. He was quiet yeah. through all this. I believe there's going to be more to this story when it's all said and done. Indeed. I don't think and, and, it's... We've got to wait for the book. You wonder if there's yep. some uh, non-disclosure agreements been made. I don't, I don't know. But so I'm, yeah. I'm just in shock. But look, I'm happy to be here. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be a honcho. And I'm looking forward to the show because not only the crazy hockey stuff that we have to talk about, there's, there's just stuff in every... Yes, angle of the top four major sports, yep. and even across the pond over there in England. No. I mean, there's, there's a bunch <laughs> of, we you thought folks, we had crazies here in America? Oh, I, I wish you folks could have seen, what, what was it, Saturday? What, whatever day it was, you and I, I were I believe it was Holy about, Sunday. I was Holy yeah, Sunday, I, yes. If you guys should, should see, one day when we write the book about the Sports Honchos Empire, uh, the, the text exchange, and I'll wait for Paul to finish drinking water so there's not an electrical shortage. Or an outage. Uh, the text between <laughs> Paul and myself about what was happening over there at Old Trafford. Um, Home of my quality, Manchester United soccer Quality club. stuff. Paul, let's my just say Paul team. was slightly agitated at what was happening over there. And we'll, we'll talk about that later um, later in the show. You know, I'm, I'm going to ask you, though. I know you're a man of many podcast talents. Will there be an emergency uh, Rangers podcast tonight to deal with all that's happening with Wilson and with the firings of Davidson and so on. An emergency show. You Have are you like, called? you are the old man by the river. <laughs> that podcast was already done today and it is up and out. The one and you I'll tell you Kevin? this much. What's that? One you did with Kevin? No. Uh, oh, wow. That's, you the are... one I, that's the one I was talking about. Wow. You see, I, I got to fill you in on a couple things, but I guess we're going to do this live in the air right now, right now. Um, <laughs> See, just and, and I want all the Honchos fans out there to understand what I have to deal with here and how much Mr. Cuny really doesn't give a rat's ass about me, okay? I this, do, but this, this is show is really about I thought him. it would bind people together right, so like Kevin, great Kevin left the show four weeks ago, okay? Mm-hmm. I've been doing my Ranger show uh, solo. I've had guests come on. I've had some great guests come on. And uh, I've been taping the show now on Wednesday afternoons. Okay, see, I knew that, but I figured you would have a special live update, a reunion no. show no. with your no. pal KD, because, not Kevin Durant, although that would be epic, because, you know, again, tragedy binds people together and brings no. people together in time Here's of the crisis. thing, I, 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 I do pay ha- attention, but you know I love you. Do I have to sing? 
Where's where's? No, Whitney you just Houston? need to clap your I hands. Will love you. I need you to clap your hands when we go to the hockey hoops no, in Hardwood. I'm, I'm, I'm clapping right, the my diamonds. toes. Is okay. that good enough? Yeah, I'm tapping so, my toes. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, I, I couldn't have Kevin on today. I had uh, my my buddy Liam McGuire on, and I had Liam on because you know me and Liam have another hockey show. And we talk a lot about fighting, and we're both proponents of having fighting in the game. We don't want people to get hurt. But as far as enforcing the game and policing the game, it still needs to be in the game. And that, you know, what happened on uh, Monday night, obviously. So uh, Liam came on board today. And the funny thing is, is we were taping the segment, right? And we were saying goodbye. We were finishing up the podcast. And I wrapped up the taping, and I go to shut everything down, and he texts me. He says, hey, buddy, they just fired J.D. and Gordon. So it was in real time, right? So we right. just wrapped up the segment. So I hit him back up. I said, do you got another 10 minutes to do an add-on? And sure enough, he did. And we jumped back on, and then we, we did the whole thing about J.D. and Gordon. And it was just, so that's up. It's out. And right. the title of this, just so you know where I'm at, mm-hmm. the title of our Rangers podcast today was uh, Nuck and Futs Day in Rangerstown. I love it. There you go. That's what that's what sports gives us. Sports is knocking futs. Although in podcast land, we can say the other way around, but we won't because knocking futs is actually funnier and a phrase that I enjoy using. Knocking futs actually sounds knuckin', worse. Than it, it does. Nuts. Hey man, don't be, don't you be knocking my futs, okay? We barely know each other. So uh, so yeah, so the the it's out and and like I said, it's been a wild day here, um, you know, in Rangerland. And yes, I have the game on back here. I think uh, there's a good possibility this game might break uh, penalty mi- minutes records. Uh, we'll see what happens. But we'll, we're going to talk more about that. Yes, yes. Later on. So let's. What do you got for us in the <laughs> cold all open? Right. There, just I, I, I just want to make two quick announcements before we dive into the cold open, which is all about Cinco de Mayonnaise. First, a sentimental one. Okay, a super sky point for uh, Moby. Moby the dog, who was not the, Moby uh, the DJ. No, not Moby the DJ. Moby the dog would have been 11 years old today. One of the great dogs in human history. Uh, formerly uh, belonged to uh, our official Mets insider, Pat Sikora, and, you know, your Long oh. Island pal. He and his wife, Teresa, that's their dog. You know, he, he was tragically taken from us a few years ago. And I will tell you this quickly about good old Moby. He had a way, no matter how stressed out you were, how tired you were from a long day, you got down, he was a little Maltese. You got down low enough where he could reach you, or if not, he would just climb on the furniture to get to you. Once he, he loved licking faces and heads. And he would lick my bald head, and as gross as it sounds, I will tell you, it's the best massage I've ever gotten. So, once again, super sky point to Moby. We miss you. And uh, today would have been his 11th birthday, a Cinco de Mayo dog. Also, speaking of nothing in particular, uh, pour one out, if you would, for the marriage. America's great romance. No, not A-Rod and J-Lo, but Bill and Melinda Gates oh, have called yeah. it quits after 27, what I'm sure were passionate, romantic, hotly I think you're being sarcastic, Mr. Cutie. Maybe. Well, look at these two. I know you can't see, but if you're, if you're watching on the closed-circuit feed on News Channel 8, uh, these are two handsome people, Bill and Melinda Gates. Um, and listen, whatever happens to these two cuckoos, uh, they're going to be filthy rich for the rest of their lives and should have no trouble finding themselves mates uh, later in life. Um, if you're wondering, by the way, what drew Melinda Gates to Bill Gates besides 
you know, billions and billions of dollars. If I'm reading from Cheddar News, which of course is a rock solid paragon of journalistic virtue. It's a, it's a tasty news yes. platform. It said she won Gates's heart after a meeting at a work dinner, sharing a mutual love of puzzles and beating him at a math game. That is how you build a successful three decades long marriage, math games and puzzles. So uh, it's kind of like how me let... and you met. Exactly. Except I can't do math, but I can count to one. So I've got that. Going and I'm for still me. puzzled. Nice job. And I want to announce uh, there's no truth. Oh, to my God. More announcements that I'm not. There's no truth. To the rumor that I'm leaving Grace. To well, that, what, is, what are you talking about? But I'm sure if. Why are you and again, Grace broken up? I, I said, why I'm did not, you break up? No truth to the rumor. No, I, this is this is like that code I'm here. Leaving here no, really... we are still together. In fact, she brought me a bunt cake today because it is teacher appreciation. A bun cake or a butt bunt? Cake? No, that's that's not for uh, public consumption. A is bunt... that a tradition? Traditional bunt cake? Is that what they give people on Cinco de Mayo? No, or in teacher appreciation week. Still waiting, by the way, for your hey, happy teacher appreciation week. Oh, because I am a teacher. Is it this week? It's this, this week. week. Yeah, oh, thank okay. you. Thank you. And you chastised me for not paying attention. I got two days left. Paul and I are getting a divorce after 31 episodes. <laughs> I was going to send you a puzzle and a math book. <laughs> and a math book? You mean you're not attracted to my billions and billions uh, of dollars? Okay, enough of that. Mission you know, this box. is the first show. It's unfortunate, you know, you guys <laughs> can't see this out of here. But this is the first show that uh, Mr. Cuny here is doing this show, El Hatless. I got to see the full dome. Well, it's not the first tonight. show, but no, most, I have, this is the I first show you've oh, never no. done you with think me. That Paul and I rehearsed. I've never this, seen the wait. dome before. But wait, you think that we rehearsed this? But he's since he brought up hats, it is Cinco de Mayo. Hold on, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> now you can't, <laughs> you can't see out there, but I'm wearing an incredibly inappropriate, and some uh, might say, insensitive hat <laughs> oh, <laughs> to man. celebrate Cinco de Mayo. I am, yes, I am rocking a sombrero at the moment. Nice, gives me a lot of shade. And I will tell you, on this sombrero that I got, when I worked at a bookstore that should go unmentioned, but it rhymes with Schmarns and Global, it was on Cinco de Mayo. Somebody came in from one of the nearby restaurants in the strip mall, a Mexican restaurant, in fact. Uh, this person may have had a few adult beverages. Uh, and, and this person wished me a happy Cinco de Mayo. And I said, Hey, happy Cinco de Mayo to you as well. I like your hat. And then in her drunken stupor, took the hat off and put it right on my head and then, and then left. I didn't even bother to pay or pay for or take the books that she had brought to the cash register. She just stumbled out into the night, probably looking for more alcohol. So that's, that's why this hat will always have a special place in my heart. It's a special so, hat, Looks good, man. I just, I just took a, a couple of pictures. I will put it out on Twitter later for everybody. Fantastic. And then that'll be the end of my broadcasting career. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I if, I would, if it has... I, you know, I, this is news to me. You were in the midst of a career. Hmm. I was going to say, if it hasn't ended by now, this hat certainly isn't going to hasten that. Any. I don't know. It's, it's a pretty good look for you, actually. It's maybe, a handsome maybe hat. Maybe it's I what mean, the honchos needed to get us over the top. It's a handsome look on Cinco de Mayo. In fact, you know what? We'll have to change the show from now on to El Hanchos. El Hanchos. That would be fabulous. Again, it's too bad you can't see this. All right. Cinco de Mayo. We need one more guy for the three amigos. Then we can go out fighting El Guapo. We'll have to to call Coach Lanham again, see if he wants to be the third member of our uh, amigos. I don't like that guy, really. I really don't like him. 
No, I didn't like him either. I don't they don't tell him. If you're listening, Brian, oh. we don't like you. Yeah, well, Just kidding. We love you, sort of. Cool um, cross coach talking about soccer. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, but he's a soccer coach also. He's knee deep. He's not deep. a real soccer coach. Come uh, on. How many soccer teams do you Does he have a contract? Coach? If he doesn't have a contract, then he's not a real coach. Uh-huh. Thank you. Sorry, I think he did a great job for us. And look, you're belittling the man. We'll belittle this, him. Wait, I'm, I'm reading from starts. the email you sent me to say this about him. Am I wrong? I did. Yeah. You are wrong. You're very, very wrong. And now nobody cares about Cinco de Mayo. It's not Mexican Independence Day. That seems to be the common misconception. No, it is not. I know Cinco that. De Mayo. In fact, it is. it celebrates a victory over the French in 1862 who were trying to colonize Mexico, take over Mexico. And some would argue, although later on they would actually fall to the French a couple years later, but that's not why we celebrate Cinco de Mayo. And some argue that that victory over the French in 1862 helped the North, the Union, the good guys, depending on where you're from in this country, win the Civil War because had the French been victorious over the Mexicans, uh, they would have sided with the Confederacy and probably would have turned the tide of the Civil War, which at the time – the South was actually. Well, where are you getting your inside information on that? That they would have sided with the Confederacy? Because I've done this for you know almost twenty so years. So you're telling me the West French were gonna, the French who helped us against the Brits was going to help the Confederacy against the North? That's where they were leaning. Really? Lean? They didn't commit. Wow! Any support. I hate the French even more now. But once they got to, uh, if they had gotten Mexico, they probably would have. They would have certainly. Have the French would have surrendered like they always do. See, the, no, not, not, the Confederacy that, that surrendered, the French surrendered, it would have been, they would have lost anyway. The 19th century is when they really reflect in their muscles. But by the 20th century, they'd had enough. They had enough. Uh, or as, as Well, I won't say what one of my colleagues used to call them. We've already offended one culture. I don't feel like offending another one. All right, here's some, uh, some facts about Cinco de Mayo. Uh, $600 million worth of beer is sold on this day, which outsells both the Super Bowl and St. Patrick's Day. Get out of here. Really? No. Since, since people enjoy celebrating Cinco de Mayo with alcohol, uh, and most people, according to the same survey, don't even know what Cinco de Mayo stands for, uh, 127 million liters of tequila and mezcal consumed on May 5th, 87.3 million pounds of avocado. Mm. Nice. Oh, My gastrointestinal tract, just hearing about the alcohol and avocado is starting to uh need starting a couple to days rumble. off. Yes. I'm not uh, coming, one in I'm not ten coming people, back until Cinco de Ocho. One in ten people know that Cinco de Mayo actually commemorates Mexican victory over the French as opposed to the Mexican Independence Day. Forty percent of Americans believe that Cinco de Mayo marks Mexican Independence Day. All right. Uh, in this survey, you know, I love surveys. 59% of the people of Americans eat Mexican food on Cinco de Mayo. 32% drink margaritas. 20% celebrate Mexican culture. 14% of a house party. 8% read up on Mexican history. That sounds like the group that you want to be hanging out with mm-hmm. on Cinco de Mayo. At your house. And 8% of Americans go clubbing or bar hopping. Only 8%? So Only 8%. Bar hopping and clubbing as opposed Wait, to what one was, place. What was the first one? What was the top of the survey? Uh, the top of the survey was 59% of Americans eat Mexican food on Cinco de Mayo. And, and 32% one? drink margaritas, which seems low. But they do but they do that at home? And there's only 8% people doing that out? I think the 8% is people who go out to multiple bars, 
club hopping and bar hopping. Most a low number. Just like sort of like in St. Patrick's Day, you find your Irish pub and just sit there all day drinking. You find your favorite Mexican restaurant. What are you talking about? We go out and we get a bit of exercise. We don't stay at one pub. We go to but multiple. You, no, but you should just stay in one get place. Get walking in. <laughs> uh, let's see. Forty-two yeah, percent of the world's production of tortillas. Mexico accounts for forty-two percent of the world's production of tortillas. I told you about the eighty-seven million pounds of avocado. And yeah, that's uh, oh, and one last fun fact: there are twenty types of Mexican cheeses to be feasted on. Really? We, yes. I thought there was only sixteen. No. Now, if you had nineteen, if you had Mexican cheese minus nineteen, you lose. Um, okay. So there you go. There's some fun facts about Cinco de Mayo. Uh, for those of you who are still sober and listening to this broadcast, thank you. We thank you for your support. Yes, and for those of you listening tomorrow morning with a bit of a headache, we also thank you very much. Right yes, now. Especially, especially if you have a headache. It's time to go to the rinks, to the diamonds, and the hardwood for a little hockey, hoops, and hardball here on the Hot the hachos this evening for you and for me. All right, Rob, let's go. I'm tapping my toe. Little Mexican dance there. Come on. Woohoo! Love it. All right, buddy. There's a lot going on, man. Right now, the Rangers and the Capitals, after 700 minutes of penalties in the uh, first period, are wrapping up the first period right now. A couple seconds. Guys are getting hurt, injured. I saw Tom Wilson skate off before. I don't know what's happening there. Guys are getting thrown out. We'll see what happens. But anyway, um, lots going on. Hockey hoops, baseball. 30-game mark here in baseball. Hockey playoffs coming up and the NBA playoffs coming up. LeBron making the news again. We again. love our LeBron, the king, the man himself. We do. So what do you want to start there, Mr. Cooney? Yeah, let's 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 warm up in the bullpen with little LeBron before we take our swings at the NHL and the Rangers and the Capitals and Jim Dolan and then we'll finish up with a little baseball. If that's okay with you. See, si, senor. Outstanding. Thank you. All right. So LeBron is in the news again, not for a inflammatory, incendiary, insurrection causing tweet, um, but he's upset. Oh, LeBron. Woe be LeBron. He's upset about the new, well, not new. It's the the playoff format that started last year during the pandemic shortened season, and the NBA has seen fit to carry it over this year in an attempt to have more games to make more money too, as I say about the NHL, to keep the lights on, although they're not quite in the same uh, dire position the NHL finds itself in. But still, the NBA is trying to recoup losses since they're playing 72 games and not 82 games this year. Um, but LeBron James, now this has been the format since before the season started. And we haven't heard hide nor hair. Word one from LeBron James about the playoff format. Because the Lakers were expected, if not to be the number one team in the Western Conference, certainly number two and maybe number three if things went really badly. Well, as you know, things have gone very, very badly with both Anthony Davis and LeBron James missing considerable time due to injuries. And now the Lakers find themselves, as of this reading, in sixth place in the conference, one game ahead of the Portland Trailblazers. Now, why is this significant? Why is LeBron now all of a sudden taking the stand against the playoff format? Because this year, for those that don't know, this 
the way it works normally in the NBA is if you are the seventh seed or the eighth place team or seventh or eighth place team, you make the playoffs. Boom, done. Top eight teams each conference go. 16-team playoff. Okay, that's it. This year, like last year, again, an effort to recoup some money. The playoff format is this. Okay, the seven and the seventh seed. So when the season ends, the team that's in seventh place will then play. This is so bizarre. Get out a pad of paper and a pencil if you would. I will. I have okay. it here right now. Hold on. All right. The number seven, number eight teams, seeded teams will face the number nine and number ten seeded teams in the conference. The winner of the seven eight game in each conference will earn the seven seed. The loser of the seven eight game will then host the winner of the 9-10 game in a play-in game with the winner of that game in each conference earning the number 8 Whoa, seed. Oh, is a play-in game? Yes. So, again, Ugh. the 7 and 8 seeds, the season ends. If you're in 7th or 8th place, you will play the ninth and 10th place teams. The winner of the 7-8 game will get the 7th seed. The loser of the 7-8 game will then host the winner of the 9-10 game in a play-in game with the winner of that game earning the number 8 seed. So if you're the ninth or 10th seed and you win two games in a row, you're in the playoffs. If you're the seventh and eighth seed, there's no guarantee that you're going to be in the playoffs. And so, of course, LeBron James is looking down the barrel of possibly being a seventh seed, maybe, God help him, an eighth seed. And that means more playoff games that he has to play and playing teams he probably doesn't want to face before the Western Conference Finals in the Suns or the Jazz or the Clippers, currently the top three teams in the Western Conference. So I say, oh, that is rich, LeBron. You know, we didn't, you didn't care about the extra games, the extra playoff games when your team was solidly in first place, when you seemed to be running away with the season before Davis went down and before you went down. Now, all of a sudden, it's a problem. So this wasn't recently announced. This is, this this was, is he said this Monday. Monday was no, a big no, day No, no, well, I'm saying the, league, the, the NBA playoff setup. No, this was something they did last year, and they said before the season started they were going to keep this format. Um, other players like Luka Doncic of the Mavericks have said it's ridiculous to have this format. Um, again, the NBA is doing it allegedly for one more season. And then when they go back to a regular 82 game stretch next year, they'll have the regular playoffs, but this is, you know, like everything All else, right, so if that, it makes money, it might be here to stay. Uh, when is their uh, CBA coming back up? It's a good question. Not like the baseball one's coming up this fall. The CBA, their new CBA, I think, is recent. So they're they're stuck with this for a few more years at least. There's no – but the NBA players – look, if the NBA players don't like it, they're going to get their way because the NBA is the one sport where the players rule overall. They get – and it's, it's the, the very rich at the top have the, with the most power. They're the ones that guide the league and influence the league, and everybody wants to follow the lead of LeBron and the other high-paid players. So – if they don't like this, when the CBA comes up, I'm sure this will be a contentious point of negotiation if, indeed, they carry this on beyond just this season. Hmm. So I just think, you know, See, LeBron, I, if you didn't like it, where were you months ago when this was announced? And yeah. the Lakers who came off the championship, remember the Lakers and the Heat played the longest and had the shortest offseason. So you would think when this came up, the possibility of extra playoff games, that LeBron would have said something then. But he was oddly silent until he's been uh, busy hey. on the Twitter. He doesn't right. have time. Until they realized, wait a minute, my team might be the seventh or eighth seed. That means we have to play extra games and again play games against the toughest opponents before the finals, which is when they anticipate 
playing teams like Phoenix, Utah. I'm not Clippers. sure to get upset about this, Robert, or to not give a shit at all. No, I, I, I'm not. It doesn't anger me like the tweet storm did last week. It's just I just have to shake my head and said, you know, LeBron, do you do you crave attention? Do you think it's been a week? No one's talking about me. So I'll just say something else. At one time, I'll tweet something well, inflammatory or I'll say something stupid. Maybe he's and look, testing here how we much are power he has. Yeah. He's what? Maybe he's just testing more of how much power he has and influence. You know, he has a lot, sadly, whether we like it or not. Hey, look, I, I hope everything works out one way or the other. You know? Yes, I certainly hope and he can I, feed his more, family. More important to me, <laughs> they get, you know, once this whole seating is set, that they get the you know, TV schedule set for us to watch all the different seatings. Oy vey. Okay. Sure. Okay. Okay. Ooh, that is rich, LeBron. <laughs> that is rich. All right. Well, that and that concludes the NBA portion of tonight's program. Join us next week for another episode of What Has LeBron Said This Week. Until you know, we get deep into the playoffs. Yeah, baby. All right. We man. like to update you here on the Honchos. We do. We're uh, we're always waiting for breaking stories as well, too. So if you're driving in your car. Just yep. keep your eyes on the road, and we'll take care of everything else. And remember, you can always call us for up-to-date sports information. It's uh, 911, as always. If you yes. want your own personalized sports report. Our operators are standing by 24-7. And when he says operators, he means me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing by. Even in the middle of class, you can call me. All right, buddy. We going baseball. We going hockey. What's the story? Now let's, let's, we've, been, we've been dancing around this long enough. Let's talk about the, what's happening in Gotham. There's just so much between the Caps and the Rangers and the Caps and Rangers. It's just, it seems like the hockey world has come to a halt to watch what's happening uh, in New York and what's happening with good old T. Wilson, Tommy Wilson. And I will tell you, as a Caps fan, which, in case those of you are not aware, those of you out there listening are not aware, I'm a long-suffering Capitals fan. And I say... If we were going to trade one of our draft picks from the year that we got Philip Forsberg and Tom Wilson, um, part of me wishes we had traded the other guy, Tom Wilson, and kept Philip Forsberg. So where should we start? Do we want to start with the changes at the top with the Rangers or why the NHL is a gutless organization that has no respect for human life or authority? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I think you should start there. We should start where it all began. I mean, the, the right. thing with the Rangers organization, the way it's coming out right now, you know, whether it's bullshit or not, I mean, they're, uh, they were saying this was going to happen one way or the other. They made an official announcement yeah. as far as the changes. But, you know, let's start start with Monday night. You know, right. you have um, Rangers and Caps. The Rangers were, you know, they were trying to play to stay alive, but they got knocked down anyway. And it was they, were, right. they knew by the third period pretty much when it was done. I, I urge all of you to go out and, and Google up, if you haven't already, the replay from the, the fight, fight. Uh, it was a I, scrum. There was fight. no fight. There was a scrum. Well, There's a couple of guys, a couple of guys with long hair falling all over the place. That's all it was. It and they was, were just very lucky, you know. Mr. Panarin was very lucky his skull did not hit the cold, hard ice. Or this would be a totally different discussion. And the was, NHL has been skating through that, no pun intended, yes. for many years. Uh, inches they, away from... Yep. Total disaster and tragedy. Right. And, they are and, almost literally whistling past the graveyard on these kinds of hits, these kinds of so throwdowns. You know, I tell like, you what, why don't you, you – you see it. What do you think? Now, you're, you're a Capitals fan. A lot of my discussion, 
I'm going to say this. I was unfazed by it because I've been, you know, we're older guys, you know, so we've been watching hockey for a long time. Um, I didn't get, um, I didn't get all worked up, you know. Um, I, this has happened before. You know, the fact that, like I said, nobody got, uh, you know, parents hurt, but he's not in the hospital and. You know, like I said, they were very close. Yeah. But and it happens. sounds it sounds bad that he's lost for the season, but with three games left, I mean, yes. it, it, it sounds a lot worse. But still, as bad as, as his takedown of Panarin was, and it was bad, what bothered me more was uh, what he did to uh, Buknevich, who was, you know, laying down like a – went it's down on the Buch ice like a – Nevich. Buch Nevich. Or as he we went call down him, like a sack of I potatoes. Snoochie yes. Boochies. Okay. I'm never going to call him that. Never in a million years. That's almost worse than what Tom Wilson did to him. But he went down flat on the ice in his stomach, and then Wilson came and punched him in the back of the head. Now, I don't whoa, care what whoa, was happening. Oh, you're forgetting the cross check on his neck. Yeah, I don't care what was happening in front of the front of the net. You know, there's 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 acceptable ways to clear out traffic, and there's unacceptable ways. And this is Tom Wilson we're talking about. So that that whole sequence, the punching him in the you know in the back of his head while he was down, the takedown of Panarin, which looked like. When they slow it down, you see the replay in slow motion. It doesn't look like there's any move made to, you know, soften the blow, lighten the blow, avoid him going, you know, head first into the ice. I thought it was even for Tom Wilson, who's already been suspended 30 games in his young NHL career at a cost of a million dollars. Even for him, this was beyond acceptable. And then, of course, after he gets into the penalty box, the clown show that he puts on where he flexes and stands up, you know, playing to the to the adoring fans uh, as if this is what people want to see from Tom Wilson. Uh, here's what people want to see from Tom Wilson. They want to see Tom Wilson, the skilled right winger who is our first line, top line winger. We don't want to we, we want to see that guy, the guy who's got the size and the speed to score goals, not the guy with the size and the speed to you know, end people's careers and possibly put them in the hospital or worse with his antics. And that's what they are. They're antics. And I, for one, as a Caps fan, I, I, I'm, I'm done with him. I, I would love if they traded him. I wouldn't ah, bad Get him over yourself. You're done with him. Come on. I am. How can you not be? Come on. You know, well, I'm going to have to pull a long list of players that you also need to be done with. In, like? in the NHL history. Now I'm the Ranger fan here. Okay, I'm talking about for my own team. I don't want yeah, him. Yeah, I know, but you need. And him. and he's got a spotlight on him because whatever he does, although we can talk in a moment about how the NHL whiffed on any sort of punishment, he gets he'll get no break, and especially when the playoffs come, the scrutiny on him is going to be even more. Things, anything he does that's even borderline, it, he won't be able to get away with, and that's fine in the regular season. But you don't want that sort of strict scrutiny, as they say, in the playoffs. And so for the NHL to say, after looking at that, it's a $5,000 fine and no hearing, no investigation into any sort of a suspension, again, gutless, 5000 bucks. They don't care. How many times? They don't care about matter. one of the game's bi no. biggest rising stars in they Panarin, you know, well, getting they, his they, head they smashed care about, against they the They care ice. about like, David because he's not allowed to get checked. Mm. There's certain players that are, are not allowed to get touched. Panera's not on that list. This is nothing new, man. What happened the other night, this is why I'm not on Facebook. I'm a Rangers fan. It's, it's nothing new. I've been watching this league and this, this, this horse shit for years. 
Absolutely. It, it just, and, and then you have the NHLPA, right? That's a bunch of bullshit. The players' union. These guys are out there trying to hurt each other. In the last week, there's been guys that have been slew foot, need. I mean, and that's just everyday hockey stuff that goes on. And you know, and anybody out there who's uh, not really a diehard hockey fan or if you've been a hockey fan, do yourself a favor. Once you get into the conference finals, watch the front of the net. And watch the assaults that if it was on the streets that go on in front of the net, the cross-checking, the, you know, the, the butt ending, everything that goes on. And then the whistles go into the pockets. And just guys go out and they actually just destroy each other. And people love that. They tune in for it. And this is carnage. This, this game tonight was on um, NBC. It's on national TV tonight. So it opened up with uh, the guy, a line brawl there at the, at the beginning. No benches cleared. You can't do that. But they all fought. It's just, it's all show, man. They don't care. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think it's show. I, especially, you know, Wilson pulled his helmet off. I mean, you just don't do that. But that was in the heat of being tangled up, all right? It, it's, mm. you know, that guy knows. He's backed into the corner. He's got a target on his back anyway. He causes trouble. He knows everybody's going to come in. He doesn't see who jumps on top of him. He doesn't. He doesn't realize it's Panarin. Yeah, but he pulled first. his. He pulled his helmet off. Yeah, well, that was the thing. Yeah, all up. right. It's like after I they said, broke him up, then he pulled his helmet off and I threw him down it. to the I ice. I understand everything that he did was not right, but in the heat of the moment and being defending himself and all that stuff. But that's Tom Wilson. That's the guy. Like I said, the Capitals are signed. I think he makes like thirty-one million dollars with you guys or something like that. He's signing your team. The league allows it. You know, and then when the players are so, um, not the players, player safety, who's run by Paros, who was, you know, was a big fighter and penalty minute leader to begin with. I mean, just start there. How Paros has the job, George Paros. I mean, really, come on. So, you know, this is the thing. You can sit here and be all oh, appalled, and oh my god, it's just zoom back, look at this league, and from the the dawn of time of this league starting, there's been fighting in it. There's been uh, you've got, you know, uh, the best times were like in the 70s and even in the 80s and, and, and even the early 90s when even like those big avalanche and Red Wings brawls. It's because like, you know, when Lemieux took out Draper, right, they went after him and there were guys like McCarthy on that team that went and, and, and took care of those guys. Well, there's a name forced... I haven't heard in a long time, Draper, Chris Draper, good yeah. Lord. <laughs> so anyway, what the league has done here in the last 10, 15 years or whatever, they've eliminated fighting. They've eliminated the enforcer in the game. Um, you know, every player has to wear visors. If you if you get a fighting, I think you get a misconduct with it or whatever. So they're trying to take fighting out of the game, right, or make it a less lesser part of it. So what you have is you have guys like Tom Wilson and other what you want want to call them rats or something who go out there and cause trouble, hurt guys, and there's no and if the if the if the player safety board is not protecting the players. Um, these guys can go do what they want because there's no enforcement. There's nobody out there. And the teams now are more built. Uh, they're younger guys. They're not fighters. It's out of the game. So why is everybody surprised about what happened? Do you think the NHL is going to change this? They're not going to change a damn freaking thing. They're billionaire franchises. They just signed this huge deal with ESPN and TNT, right? If anything, ESPN wants us. They want the carnage and the gladiator stuff. They don't care. They change the game too much. It's the way it's going to be. The only way the, the, the NHL, the only way this would have been a real change, and I hate to say it, it's terrible, but as if Panarin got hurt last night. If there was blood all over the ice, his head hit the ice, but it didn't. So they move on. 
And that's it. Yeah, you know, one would think that I was the Rangers fan and you were the Capitals fan. I know, but it's it's I know, I, I get it. It's true. Oh, look, I'm a diehard. I'm I'm more I'm over Monday. Panarin's all right. Bucinevis is all right. They didn't get hurt. It's hockey. I've played the game. You know, even on a, a it doesn't matter. We've all played, whether it's deck hockey, inline hockey, ice hockey. You've either had one of you've either had a Tom Wilson on your team or you've played against a Tom Wilson on your team. And that's even without, you know, professional quote-unquote referees and, and all that other stuff. That's the game. That's the passion. That's the heat. That's the stuff that goes on. Most guys get turned on or, or like, turned up in, as far as getting worked up is because a guy comes in, jabs him with a stick, gives him a facial, you know, butt ends him, hits him from behind, does something like that. It happens all the time. I'm more in shock. <laughs> like I said, I'm over Monday. I'm more in shock about what happened today with J.D. and Gordon getting fired. All right, so a question for you about what happened today. There's been um, – I was looking through some of the tweets, and I read the Larry Brooks articles today in the New York Post. Um, when the Rangers called out George Peros, um, and they – let's see. Um, the New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. Wilson is a repeat offender. This is the Rangers released this statement on Tuesday. Yes. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these type of acts, which we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions caused an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing again this season. Now, there's a lot of hyperbole in that with the uh, horrifying act of violence, suspend him indefinitely. I'm not in favor of either of those things. I mean, I don't believe it was a horrifying act of violence. I don't think he should be suspended indefinitely. This is not a Dale Hunter 21-game suspension sort of, I'll put this in quotes, crime. But do you think that... Wait a second, what's the difference between what Hunter did and Panarin did? I mean, uh, Wilson did. Now we don't have time to get into that. Look... I don't have the energy to go on that to have that argument with you. Although I think what I'm that Dale Hunter suspension was just Gary Bettman trying to make an example out of somebody. But again, I don't I don't have the I don't have the capital, if you'll pardon the pun, to go in on that road. Anyway, right. do you think, as some have suggested, that this was the final straw for Dolan? That this statement, this over the top, breathless statement about how the Rangers have been wronged and the NHL is in the wrong and Tom Wilson is the devil somehow. No, I think Led I'm gonna, to I'm, gonna pause, I'm gonna pause you right there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of speculation going on of, about that statement. There's mm-hmm. there's talk now that JD and Gorton didn't sign off on that statement. Mm-hmm. That we don't know where that statement came from. So maybe okay? Dolan made the statement. We don't know yet. I doubt mm-hmm. Dolan did. I doubt an owner did that. Would would put that out as far as you know against the other ownership and the league and Bettman, knowing that they're going to get fined. And and that's see, we haven't even heard right. that yet. There hasn't been a fine announced yet or anything else. So there's, right. I think this story with Gorton and JD, there's still more to, to come. I think it's well, bigger than what everybody the, thinks. We yes. don't know the fate of uh, David Quinn. So Chris Drury is going to He's going to get he's, fired. He's going to get fired after right. the Boston Bruins, the last two games. Against Boston. He's going to be fired. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? Dolan put out this statement that they weren't happy with the progression of uh, the rebuild here. So they're going with that line of nonsense, okay? So if that's the case, then you have to fire Quinn because he's part of that. He's part of the lack of the progression of this team. He's the coach. He's the guy behind the bench. He's gone. 
And as far as I'm concerned right now, you might as well get rid of him. Let now Drury's going to be the GM and the president. They've officially announced that he's he's now the general manager and president of the team. Okay, right. Two games. Brooks says, Brooks says it would have been Messier if it hadn't been Drury. Why do you think they went with Drury as opposed to the captain? Why not bring a little look, bit of why, that? Seems like a Dolan move to put Messier in as the president and GM well, of the team, Messier or have them no split experience. the job. Experience. It's Dolan we're talking about. He did the same thing with Isaiah Thomas running the Knicks. Well, you, look, his, look, you still. I mean, out of nowhere, Mark Messier is in the in papers today giving quotes. Out of nowhere, we haven't heard from Mark Messier in years. Except his marijuana deal that went bad there a couple weeks ago, well, a couple of months ago. Yeah, well, we won't talk about that. No, we won't talk about that. <laughs> Look, I think everybody's yeah, going to sit tight. I, I think <laughs> I, we, we don't know what's going to happen. Here's, here's, here's what you got to watch for. If the Rangers get fined from the league, okay? Jordan and uh, Gorton and JD eventually are going to get a chance to speak unless there's some kind of non-disclosure thing signed. So it'll be very interesting to hear from those guys. And those guys aren't done yet. They're great hockey guys. They're going to get a gig somewhere else. But we're going to have to sit back and find out what, what happened here. And I think it's a, there's a bigger story yet to come. And this is just all BS. But I'll tell you, as a Ranger fan, this season has been absolutely insane. From the start with Tony D'Angelo at the beginning, <laughs> to Panarin have to hide from Putin, uh, to uh, Quinn getting COVID and Knobloch taking over and, and running the team a little better, you know? To to this shit show on Monday, and then this just, you know, I I, I can't explain it. I I, uh, I smell a thirty for thirty on the uh, the twenty 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 one New York Rangers. So many stories. It is culminating with the uh, the midnight massacre uh, of of uh, and the crazy JD thing too is if the, if, if the Rangers were in any other division right now, they'd be either in a playoff spot. Or playing for a playoff spot, mm-hmm. and when the when the when the season's all done here in, in another couple of days here, the regular season May eighth and ends for the Rangers this Saturday. Uh, after the standings are released, you're going to see the Rangers will probably have more points than the Canadians. I think they'll have more points than the Predators. You know, whoever gets those fourth spot in those divisions, and I'm forgetting one division right now, the West. Um, so St. Louis will probably get that last spot. So, but that's just 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 how it is. So. I don't. I, I've tried to, you know, in this day of social media, overanalyzed coverage, people saying shit before they know all the details are in. I think everybody's got to wait here because that is that is one hell of an extreme move to fire Jeff Gordon and John Davidson. And John Davidson's a class act, and so is Jeff Gordon. They've done a lot for this organization. I think there's something bigger and deeper the, for this to happen. And who knows? We may never find out. But that's how the cookie crumbles. Yeah. That's how so the taco think, cracks. There, um, I know this is way too early, and you might not have any information on this, but when and if uh, David Quinn gets pushed over the side, are there any leading potential candidates? Are they going to go in-house, another you know, college or minor league coach? Are they going to look for someone like LaViolette with uh, experience and cup experience? Well, in your opinion. You might yeah, not have any inside information yeah. on that. I, I think this I don't think it'll be a Quinn type guy. I think they'll come in with some senior veteran guy. Shit, there's talk Torts is gonna leave Columbus and maybe he'll come back. How would you feel about Torts coming back to New York? I don't know. I I mean I love the guy. You know, it's it's not about it's not even I don't know, you gotta look at the players, you gotta look at the makeup of the team. Yeah. 
You know, the team was actually doing all right. You know, I think next year is as if everything was supposed to stay in place. JD and Gordon were going to stay in place. And as far as I was concerned, if if the team didn't uh, you know show any kind of improvement there in the first couple of months of next season, if it was the same old same old with David Quinn, then he was probably going to be let go. But there was never in my there's no way Jeff Gordon and JD being fired was ever in the playbook this year, next year, the next three years. They were here. That was the stability. We raved about it on our on all our hockey podcasts about those two guys and about the stability. In fact, I've said to a lot of Ranger fans too. I said, "Don't worry about what's going on in the ice right now." I said, "JD and Gordon are going to take care of it." And now they're now gone. You're, now you're more closely connected, obviously, to what's happening in New York than I am. Has Has Dolan been quiet all season? Has he surfaced to say anything good or bad about the direction of the team or the leadership of the team? Nothing. Was this in his fact, first statement since the whole season was to say I've fired the top two guys? Nothing. And, and in fact, we on our Ranger podcast, we've actually always brought up the fact that Dolan has been he's a he lets the hockey guys do the hockey thing. The Knicks are a different story. But as far as the Rangers, that guy's anything GMs, coaches have ever asked for players, money, signings, trades, boom, this, that. Um Dolan's never gotten the way. He's given the New York Rangers organization has been given everything they've ever wanted. They're a spoiled <laughs> franchise, and you know, I you know you know here we are, what twenty five, twenty six years beyond ninety four, and prior to that, forty years. So there's been one cup, you know, in between how many years combined, right? Seventy one years, I believe. There you go. So um, that's a that's a lot of um, that's not a lot of success. Even you can take your 2014 finals and, you know, right. whatever. And, you know, you know my joke, right? With everybody, they don't give you a parade for that. You know, right. you're not when you're sitting in the Canyon of Heroes for your Eastern Conference Championship parade. <laughs> you're call, like, where, yeah. where is everybody? Yeah. What time is the parade? What time can you be here? I'll exactly. bring the confetti. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> the I don't know, man. Parade. I, I think they'll bring in somebody. I mean, Gallant's out there. Uh, you see what happens when a couple of these other teams uh, get, you know, the, when the season ends, there'll be a couple of coaches that are available. Who knows? Maybe, maybe your buddy Bedreau will come over to New York and coaches. Oh, God, I, 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 <laughs> my, my sympathies, my deepest sympathies already. Um, Gallant was the finalist to uh, come to the Caps if we hadn't gotten LaViolette. So. There's a rumor going around that he might be going to the Kraken. Boudreaux? No. Gallant. 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 Oh, okay. Well. I would hate to see the hate to see the Kraken right out of the gate saddled, dude. I gotta be honest with you. Who's I've never said this in a long time, but because uh, I've I've never been that way. But I I don't know. I'm you know you talk about being upset at Tom Wilson as a Cap fan. I don't know. I might just jump on the Kraken bandwagon. Start fresh next year. What? <laughs> Give up your your beloved blue shirts for the Kraken? For the film of Krakens? The film of Krakens, baby. What a shit show. Unbelievable. Oy vey. Well, Unreal. There's more to come, though. I think I think this story's not Oh, there has yet. to be. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, it, it's more drama. I mean, it is New York City, after all. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think the, the league's... This is the league, too. I think, you know, the, there's a lot of p- former players that are they're chipping in on this thing. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. This uh, the NHLPA has to be involved here one way or the other. I mean, this is just oh my goodness, oh man, it's bad. Your boy Snoochie Boochie just cross-checked your boy Mantha right in the kisser. 
Mantha. Hey, yeah. the Mantha Ray is uh, he's not going one, of, one of our offenders. Hey, listen, one last thing about the ranch before we move on. Um, as since you mentioned the Kraken, well, this you think with Drury now, it's so hard to say his name running the show. No, will this change no. uh, who they leave unprotected in the expansion draft? I gotta tell you, man, Chris Drury, you know, president and GM of this team, really, the New York Rangers, really, you know, when he was here. His performance was quite droll. Him and Gomez. Remember that show? Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, he but was great with uh, Colorado. He was when he was a devil. Yeah, and he had, you know, Gomez. He, was, he was good up in Buffalo, too. Yeah. You know? But he doesn't excite me the way Gorton and J.D. excited me. You know, I'm an old-school Ranger fan. I love J.D., him coming in here. You know? He left Columbus yeah. to come here. He helped get Panarin here. You know what I'm saying? You know, Gordon Gordon waited under the wings of Glenn Sather for years. Finally got his opportunity, did all the right things. And yeah, now well, JD done. is an announcer, so you know I can only imagine how great he was. Maybe, though, maybe yeah, maybe, right. maybe uh, uh, Joe Micheletta, Micheletti better look over his shoulders because imagine they put JD back up in the Rangers booth. <laughs> I don't I think, think you'll see John Davidson anywhere near the Madison Square Garden for the rest of his life. He's done. No. I don't think so. I, I, but I do think you're right. He's not done in hockey. Somebody will be lucky to have him in some way associated with their franchise, whether in the booth or in the front office. So, All right, Paul, let's go to all the great news in baseball. You've got right. nothing but good news on this list right here. Paul. There's there's lots of stuff going on. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's all good news, but i got to start with what happened right before we came on the show. And that's why I'm wearing my fabulous and festive Baltimore Orioles Hawaiian shirt, which, again, if you folks, you know, if we were on TV, you could see my sombrero, my Hawaiian shirt. John Means, the, the, the best player we have on our team, uh, ran his record of 4-0 with a no-no, a no-hitter. Nine innings, no walks, no hits, 12 strikeouts, faced only 27 batters. Would have, would have had a perfect game if the third strike – Hadn't been a uh, wild pitch on the one batter who was then oh, thrown out shucks. trying to steal second. So the fifth no hitter in Orioles history, the first since ninety one, which actually was a four pitcher. I hate I hate those the four the multiple pitcher no hitters. I know it's harder to pull off because it's four different pitchers, but still, that uh, the first no no by one pitcher since Jim Palmer did nineteen sixty nine. Fed said the fifth overall. Um, the Orioles are 15 and 16. And if we look at the standings, it seems like all is right with the world again. The Yankees are in second place. They're 15 and 14. That that 5 and 10 record at the beginning of the season seems like, you know, a distant memory. Um, you must have loved, by the way, I wanted to ask you, you must have loved the reception the Houston Astros got at Yankee Stadium on Tuesday. If the Yankees <laughs> never win another game for the rest of the year. <laughs> Last night was uh, was fantastic, not only in terms of where they played, but the fans were great, too. Um, that was just awesome. They're down 3-2 right now to them, but... It yeah, I matter. mean, the, the, right. the, the, fans, the fans have been waiting a long time for that. And the players, I'm sure, too. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Judge is disappointed he wasn't able to pop one out. Right. But, you, I mean, you, you, you had everything in that game last night, you know? It was, it was made for TV. You had the drama. The fans were involved. Um, you had the... Uh, the the play at the plate there. Um, it was good. It was good stuff. And that's what we missed last year. You know, yeah. it's, it's, we realize now how important it was to have fans last year because it was, we, we've, it's been dormant for a year. This, this animosity towards the Houston Astros, 
You know, imagine what the reception would have been in a, in a packed Yankee Stadium last year coming off uh, 2019 as opposed to coming off uh, Speaking 2020. Speaking of packed stadiums, buddy, did you hear what the governor here announced today? Your governor? Yeah. He, this, I know that he's opening up. The state has been opening up more and more. Uh, in the, certainly in the entertainment business, things are looking up for you. But what's, what did he announce today? Uh, May 19th, mm-hmm. Yankees and Mets can go 100% capacity. All right. Bravo. With? With? I'm, I'm ready. Vaccination cards. You have the vaccination cards to get in. And you know what they're also doing? You come mm-hmm. to the ballpark. If you haven't had your vaccination, they're doing the Johnson & Johnson at both stadiums. If you come and get your vaccination at the stadium, you get a free mm-hmm. ticket and you get to go into the game. Nice. Now, what will they do? Is it just vaccinations or can you show that you've been tested? Will they take that, a negative test sure. as well? I think it's primarily vaccinations, I think. All right. Well, I, I like that. I like that. You get the vaccine and you get a free ticket if you haven't been vaccinated already. Please, folks, don't go out and get another vaccine shot just to get a free ticket. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Let's have none of those shenanigans, please. We need all the vaccines we can get. Um, I'll tell you, it needs a vaccine. There's a a professional segue for you. What's happening in the NL West? The Dodgers. Hold on, pal. Hold on. on, on, on. Just because we were just doing it. I'll find it here. Cuomo of New York announced on Wednesday that baseball fans who have been fully vaccinated against the coronavirus will soon be able to enjoy seating arrangements without social distancing at Yankee Stadium and City Field. And that spectators who get vaccinated at either the stadium during a game will get a free ticket. Beginning on May 19th, the same day the state is ending most capacity restrictions or for businesses, fully vaccinated people will be allowed to sit in sections of the stadium where every seat can be occupied. Though they will have to wear masks, they can also be accompanied by children who are under 16 and unvaccinated. Uh, they all must wear masks. People who have not been vaccinated will sit in sections where only one-third of the seats can be occupied and will have to observe six feet, social distancing rules, blah, blah, blah. So there you go. I mean, that's basically what they're going, what we're doing. And this is the stuff they tested up in Buffalo. Right. With the Bills. There you yeah. go. Just right. well, to throw well, that in good for New York. I'm, I'm happy to hear that. And we're again, rock and roll, good for baby. you because entertainment is opening. You know, venues are opening up again, outdoor and indoor. We are. By this fall. It's crazy. The indoor venues, right? The indoor venues should be up and running like Broadway by this fall. Uh, yeah, the uh, Jones Beach is a, uh, is, is now doing the, the September concerts are, are going through now. The, the dates are being booked. Um, City Field announced yesterday the Governor's Ball is going to be open here in September. So I think it's two nights and acts like Post Malone and Billy Eliash and all that, all the big stars. So that's that's it, man. It's huge. And but that's outdoor. What I'm talking about, indoor. Yeah, I know. But uh, indoor, they're, they're, it's going the same way, too. Um, the Here's what came down the other day, too. And this is probably what's going to happen. I, I, I assume this. If, if a venue wants to, a venue owner wants, they can require, if they require everybody entering to be vaccinated or showing proof of a positive PCR test, they can eliminate the six-foot social distancing rule inside the, inside the venue. And this yeah. can get uh, venues sense. to over 75% to 100% capacity, and they can make money. So I will tell you, being in the entertainment business, actually I do booking, all the bookings for my bands, we're getting shows. We're now booking for the fall, and now we're booking for uh, – these are indoor shows, and we're right. booking for uh, 2022 already. So it's happening. Well, that's great news. I know you were concerned about that, and I'm, I'm really happy that you're getting back out there again. Well, I'll tell you what. It's, it's so much different now with the vaccines. 
you know, when they last year when there was no vaccinations and people were open up, a lot of people weren't going out. And I was not taking a lot of work because I didn't necessarily want to just go out and be out among, among people. It's a totally right. different frame of mind now. Number one, I'm everyone I know pretty much in my we're all vaccinated. Everybody New York is doing some amazing numbers as far as people getting vaccinated, right? So that makes it a lot easier. So you know, the Northeast, people are getting vaccinated. And yep. and that makes it different. It also makes me feel better, too, going out as a performer, knowing that I'm vaccinated. So maybe if I'm around people that aren't vaccinated, but I'm vaccinated. So it's a different and thing. And I'm vaccinated. That means, you know what vaccinated. that means? I have yeah. two words for you, Mr. and Mrs. Honcho's listener. Live broadcast. Yeah. Out like he and I next to each other at some sort of venue. It's going to happen. You know, shaking hands, kissing babies. That's it, man. High fiving, talking sports, bumping, high fiving, gonna be great. You know, open mouth kisses with total strangers. You know, you name it. We're we're gonna, uh, we're gonna take hand there. sanitizer, open it up, and just pour it out on the floor. It's not right. necessary anymore. So nope. good. So uh, nope. there you go. I'm sorry to interrupt your uh, your baseball segment no, there, but it's pretty okay. important this stuff is, about uh, important. things opening up. I, I was just um, I'm just looking at the standings and some of the you know in the American League. Uh, I'm not all that surprised. And the Kansas City Royals are sort of a surprise. But you go to the National League, uh, the Giants, who I thought were left for dead at the side of the road. I know it's only 30 games. So I'm not going to get too, too nutty until we get to about 50. Um, I will say that if you look at the records of all the teams in the NL East, it's clear that's the toughest division because they're eating each other alive. Everybody there, uh, the Phillies are in first place. Oh, they all stink. Well, I like to be more optimistic. I'm on the stink side. I'm on a stink although, side. Although Atlanta, Atlanta does smell a little fresh, a little ripe. I don't know what's wrong with the Braves, but, you know, they're 13 and 16. The Phillies at 15 and 15 leading the way in the National League East. So, again, I don't want to get too nutty. Jumping Joe Girardi's team. Uh, we'll see what's going on jump. there. What did you say? I'm sorry. Jumping Joe, Joe Girardi in Philly, baby. I miss, oh, I miss yeah. jumping Joe. And right now, right now, if you had a choice, Girardi or Boone, who are you going with for the Yankees? Bring oh, Girardi man, back, I, stick I, with Boone. I wish they never got rid of Girardi. That's no, and that's no disrespect to Boone. I think Boone's come in here. and But I, I don't know. You put anybody behind the bench managing this team, I don't know. But I think he's he's done all right. Look, until until Booney wins one, you know, Joe won. Yeah. Joe's won as a player. Joe's won as an assistant coach. And he has won as a head manager, too. So um, Joe was great. And he probably would have won if it wasn't for them cheating Astros. So, see, that's another another nail in the Astros' coffin. They uh, ruined a good thing with Joe Girardi. Um, you know who's, speaking of careers being over and careers being dead, Roberto Alomar in trouble again. Another yes. guy who's like, hey, remember me? I used to get in trouble all the time as a player, and now I'm getting in trouble as a All right, you got, you got to help me, help me with the again, because I don't remember prior to this. I mean, this guy was um, – Hall of Fame bound, and uh, he's on the. He was on. Oh, no, he's in the Hall of Fame. But uh, it, when he was with the Orioles, you remember he spit on John Hirschbeck. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And and that's I think that's just one of many transgressions. Well, just, I, even what just I as meant was he's on the Hall of Fame board, and he just got fired from all that stuff. Yeah, he um he was he's ineligible. Major League Baseball put him on the ineligible list, and the Hall of Fame has accepted his resignation from the board of directors because. Of a uh, 2014 sexual misconduct allegation, six almost uh, seven years seven years ago, right? 
So the headline from ESPN, Roberto Alomar, a 12-time All-Star, has been serving as a consultant to Major League Baseball, has been placed on the league's ineligible list following an investigation into a 2014 sexual misconduct allegation. Um, having reviewed all the evidence available from the now-completed investigation, I'm not sure when it started, but you're right, it's been seven years, I have concluded that Mr. Alomar violated MLB's policies and that termination of his consultant contract and placement on MLB's ineligible list are warranted. Um, he stays in the Hall of Fame because, a quote, his plaque will remain on display in the Hall of Fame in recognition of his accomplishments in the game and his enshrinement reflects his eligibility in the perspective of the BBWAA voters at that time. So when he was enshrined in 2011, nobody knew about this, which suggests that if they had known about this, he wouldn't have been in the Hall of Fame, which is even more disheartening. Um, he hasn't been um, charged or tried or found guilty. These are allegations that the that baseball investigated. I'm not saying that they aren't true. There's been no details about these misconduct. This this misconduct, I should say, allegation. Nothing. It's just baseball is run and turned tail immediately once they found out that I guess there's some validity to it. It didn't say what they found out, but enough to put them on the ineligible list, enough to let them resign from the Hall of Fame uh, board of directors. I mean, I, I just I don't there's so little here as to what he actually did and and, and no charges, no no trials, no convictions, no nothing. And he's lost all of these prominent positions. Well, they must have I don't, found they must must have right. something. Uh, they must they must have found something. You're right, but it just seems like a, it seems a little premature, given the fact that I mean it's not really it's none of our business. You and I, what do we care? But well, not that what do we care? We do care, but it's none of our business what happened. It just seems seven years ago something happened. They just now finished their investigation, and they've silently said. Hey, you're out. It passed cash is up to you. Yeah. I just, I, I, this is going to sound very strange to say. I don't, I don't wish bad things on anyone, like whatever, whoever alleged the sexual misconduct, but I hope for baseball's sake and for the sake of our collective sanity that, that Roberto Alomar actually did something wrong that would warrant having him being removed from all these places, that this allegation has some validity to it. And there's something, there's a there there. There's a floor there, Monty. Not that I want to see anybody put in that position of being the victim of sexual misconduct, but I hope it's not just a he said, she said, there's been an allegation, and that was enough for Major League Baseball because really they're, they can ill afford egg on their face. Rob Manfred can ill afford any more hits. And not the good kind of hits that you get on the baseball Well, field. as long as he, he used a different team than the Mets organization, you know, yeah. to vet this thing, he might be all right. So, well, let's move on. Speaking of the Mets. So this week, in addition to not being good for the Rangers, the other team in town, obviously, well, at least one of your teams, hey, at least the Knicks and the Yankees are trending in the right direction. But the Mets, oh, the Mets. It seems like every week we have something to talk about when it comes to the Mets. Again, ah, there it is. There's the Mets theme song. Let's talk about the Amazons again off the Our, field. Always amazing. I have, been, I have been listening for the last few days to our Mets insider, Pat Sikora, complain about Francisco Lindor. So I've got a Frankie Lindor Money Bogo. Man. 
The Money Man, you get a Frankie Lindor BOGO, two stories that are both intertwined about Lindor, who's hitting a robust. Let me let me get the uh, the actual number here. His $341 million apparently doesn't buy you what it used to because he is battling, battling, batting, hold on, a robust 193. He's in, he's in an 0 for 21 funk hitting 163 with a 494. But he looks good out yes. there. So that's he's what $341 million will get you. But what's interesting here is... A-Rod and Chili Davis both connected in their in what's happening here. As you know, uh, Tuesday night, the Mets fired their hitting coach, Chili Davis, oh, and Tom Slater. So. And we'll get to their firing in a moment. But A-Rod said a few nights ago on Sunday Night Baseball that he thinks that Francisco Lindor, who again signed a 10-year, $341 million contract extension, who is batting 163, Rodriguez thinks that he's hitting, trying to hit too many home runs. That he needs to concentrate more on hitting singles and doubles. A guy who hit 33 home runs in 2017, 38 home runs in 2018, and 32 homers in 2019, which is why you know he's getting $341 million from the Mets. And then he said he would actually, if he were coaching the hitting coach for the Mets or the manager, God help us, of the Mets, that he would fine Lindor if he hit 20 to 25 home runs. By the way, this was an early candidate for Dope of the Week, but I have to say this week's Dope of the Week made this look positively intellectual. (laughs) Okay, but still, there's so many things wrong with this statement, not the least of which is this is from a guy who jacked himself up to the moon with steroids in an attempt to hit 700-plus home runs. A guy who started his career being a contact hitter with some power and then decided, decided, like Barry Bonds, that being a contact hitter with some power and being regarded as the best player in the American League or the National League, as the case may be with Bonds, wasn't enough. So he juiced himself up so he could smash home runs from here to eternity, is now saying to somebody else, hey, you know what? You hit too many home runs. Maybe this will pull you out of your slump. Then I would penalize you for hitting 20 to 25 home runs. Now, how is this connected to Chili Davis, who, yes, the Mets were not exactly knocking the cover off the ball, but his approach, Davis's approach, was very old school. His approach was almost exactly what uh, Rodriguez said. Except his philosophy for the whole team was, and I quote, this is what he told The Athletic uh, after spring training with the Mets in 2019. This is Chili Davis again. Quote, for me, trying to hit the ball in the air doesn't work. With the way pitchers are pitching, and this is two years ago, pitching you these days or changing the way they pitch you, that might work for a while, but what happens when it stops working? To me, a line drive is always the objective of a swing. Trying to hit the ball hard, trying to square the ball up with a line drive, you allow yourself for misses. So the philosophy here is that players should try to hit less home runs and make more contact. And even though players like Pete Alonzo and Dominic Smith credit their uh, success at the plate with Davis's tutelage, apparently you Davis is another one, of these, another one of these guys that still is old school enough that owners like Steve Cohen and 
their general manager uh, feel like it's not in step, okay? not in step with 2021st century baseball. And I have to say, there's a point to what Chili Davis is saying. That you know, a lot of guys, it's all about either hit a home run or you strike out. There is no contact. There is no small ball. The Rays showed all of us last year in the World Series against the Dodgers, which, yes, they lost, that there's still a place in this world for small ball, moving runners, getting runners on base, and not just relying on putting the ball into the cheap seats. And so there's got to be a happy middle ground. What Chile Davis is saying is not incorrect. You should make a concerted effort to get more balls into play but perhaps still emphasizing, you know, velocity and launch angle and things that you and I never would have thought about 20 years ago. Certainly not we were kids playing baseball and watching baseball. Our launch angle and exit velocity. Come on, get out of here. So the Mets are looking for new hitting. Well, they have new hitting coaches, but they got rid of them, not because of performance so much as it was a different philosophy. And it just so happened to intersect with what A-Rod said. A-Rod took it to an absurd level by saying he would find players for hitting home runs. And Davis just said, look, we need to hit less home runs and get more balls into play. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. So. And that's amazing. Here you go, baby. Now Love maybe it. they can just maybe, – maybe it's because he couldn't get his players to hit – or get runs or score runs every time DeGrom pitched. Maybe it's because they're the New York Mets, okay? Okay. That's all. That's all. And lastly, lastly in baseball, we talked about Shohei Otani last week, and I think that... It was a fantastic name. Yes, Shohei. Hey, everyone, show us your Otani. I I asked you this question when I sent you the the rundown. Are we forgetting about Mike Trout? I know it's hard to forget a three-time MVP, but... We're talking about Tatis Jr. and Ronald Acuna and and, and uh, Juan Soto in D.C. and Shohei Itani. And we seem to be forgetting a guy who is – as we talk about who's the next best player in baseball, we seem to be forgetting about who currently is the best player in baseball, a guy who's uh, only leading the major leagues in batting average, on-base percentage, OPS, and he's second to uh, Byron Buxton of Minnesota in slugging percentage. A slash line of 410, 515, 759. Okay, I mean, I realize that the uh, Angels are 13 and 15 in fourth place in the West. So once again, a great player on a mediocre team. But still, let us not forget, before we crown the new prince, the new king of baseball, that it's still Mike Trout wearing the crown. And he's only uh, 29 years old. It's not like he's re- reaching the end. I would like to see some more postseason success. I mean, it's not really not not much more you can ask of Mike Trout. You know, he's doing everything he can to get the Angels over the hump, but I fear he'll be remembered as one of these guys who was a great player that was stuck on mediocre to bad teams and will never get the chance to compete. Well, he'll he'll, he'll have a lot of company until until a team like your Yankees decide to bring him on board when he's past his prime. Hey man, if it's close there in the end, trying to get him on, you know, you know, we need another guy who can knock it out, you know, out of the Bronx and into Westchester. Perhaps, perhaps the Phillies will say, "Let's bring him home." He is a Philadelphia kid. Well, he's got time. Let him enjoy the season a little bit. Let's, let's yeah. not start talking about sending him other places. All right? No, no, I don't. Well, certainly not this year. I'm just saying, at some yeah. point in his career, I fear that someone will try to sign him as a, you know, 
a way to put people into the We're seats. not going to forget Mike Trout. He's got a great name. A lot of fishermen like him. And, um, you know, he's, he's always bringing highlights, man. Crushing yeah, him. I just, I just, I don't want us to forget. Crushing Mike Trout, still the king. Hitting still the king. baseballs out of the park. Yes. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's all you can ask for, uh, for uh, Mr. Trout to do, you know. And uh, speaking of balls, uh, Mr. Cuny, you know. Uh, Is it time? It's about time on a honcho. All right. Woo-hoo. We love sponsor time. Caps are up 3 nothing. by the way. All right. Oh, she's got Good two. Time. Yeah, Oshi's dad just passed away, so... I know. Unfortunately. Respect. Super sky point to Mr. Oshi. Um, hey, friends. That's an uncomfortable uh, segue from the passing of TJ Oshi's dad to a Manscaped dad, but we, we aim to please here. It's all part of Oshie's. life, man. Hey, part friends. Uh, support. People pass away, Rob, and people got to clean their balls. And now I'm going to start this ad again. Hey, friends. <laughs> support for the Sports Honchos is brought to you by Manscaped. Who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming? Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. You know, it seems like every week I'm telling you some sad story about shaving my pubic hairs. And <laughs> this past better you to me, buddy. This past, I will promise you, I will not be shaving your pubic hairs. This past weekend, I was doing some below-the-waist grooming with a nail file and some salad tongs, and I thought to what? myself, "Boy, there's God, Lord." To be a better way. And that's why the light bulb went off yet again. Ah, Manscaped. There's no rusty menorahs when it comes to below-the-waist grooming in the Manscaped family. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, including the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Rumor has it, by the way, friendos, there's a Lawnmower 4.0. On the horizon. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. And when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes. You can take a longer shave. And remember, if you're spending 90 minutes doing some grooming, Manscaped cannot come into your life soon enough. Uh, The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. And you'll be able to bring it to concerts now that you'll be able to go back into you the will. stadiums and you can use it as like a lighter instead of your phone. Right, and no truth to the rumor that you have to wear a mask while you're grooming yourself down there. And let's not forget that they've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology and the charging stand. Yes, that's right. Paul's Love favorite it. feature, the charging Love stand. Show off your motor, your mower, Loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB technology. And if you're listening to me speak right now, and I know you are, even if you're in a Cinco de Mayo drunken stupor, if you're listening to me right now, I want you to experience it foist hand for yourself. Let's get that bush to tush clean. Stop using a rusty manure, even when it's Hanukkah, and turn your attention to Manscaped. Now, here's the most important part. Get 20% off and free shipping. And free shipping, Rob. Yes, free shipping with the code HONCHOS20. That's H-O-N-C-H-O-S, the number 20, at manscaped.com. Make your testies their besties. One more time, get 20% off and free shipping with the code 
and free shipping with the code HONCHOS20 at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the code HONCHOS20. Your balls will thank you. And we thank Manscaped for supporting this high-quality radio program. We certainly do. Thank you, Manscaped. Now go out there and get some good stuff. Because outside of the trimmers and the, the, the mower and all that stuff, they got some great gear and great accessories and deodorants. Body wash. All that stuff. Boxers. Manscaped.com. Tell them the sports honcho sent you. That's yeah. right. Tell them Rusty Menorah sent you. <laughs> I miss the old Rusty. Good old Rusty. <laughs> Good stuff there, Mr. Cuny. I like that. I like what you're doing there and promoting the Why, show and you. the sponsors and everything because that's what it's all about. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to head to the gridiron. As Robert Cuny, Mr. Cuny, here at the Honchos, to you, will bring us some news from the National Mediocrity League, ladies and gentlemen, returning to form this fall at a city near you. Do you have the uh, the Deshaun Watson theme song ready? Uh, I will. Because, you know, we have to give you the weekly Deshaun Watson update. And so why should this week be any exception? I'll be talking about the draft. Uh, Tim Tebow's in the news. Just when you thought Tim Tebow had gone away forever, speaking of the Mets, and Aaron Rodgers' news. Ah, but first. here we are. But first, a few thoughts on Deshaun Watson, which is to say, once again, like last week, all quiet on the Watson front. Things have I know we like, to, we like to rock out to some... Uh, Radiohead, some creep, but you know, the the creep that we speak of, Deshaun Watson of the Houston Texans, uh, has been strangely well, he has been quiet, but the what's happening in the various lawsuits has been silent but if the Texans actions have any indication as to where the team is headed uh, in the draft last weekend they drafted Stanford quarterback Davis Mills to be maybe not just the heir apparent to the Deshaun Watson throne, but maybe, you know, someone they can pencil in to start this fall if um, things don't exactly go the way they want. And think about the fall from grace. This guy was holding the league hostage early in the year with his trade demands. Every team was, with stars in their eyes, was talking about how many draft picks and how many players they'd have to give up to bring in 25-year-old Deshaun Watson, one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the league. And now... If the Texans put him on the curb with a sign around his neck, free to a good home, I'm not sure any team would touch him with a 10-foot pole. So, no news, I suppose, is good news, question mark, yes. on the Watson front. So, But any chance we get to play the song Creep, uh, or any Radiohead song, we're Thanks happy to do so. Good old days. Yes, today is the Sean Watson Update, brought to you, as always, by your good friend, Tom York. Okay, so um, all of you, I'm sure... Tuned in to my super secret special six-part uh, NFL draft recap podcast on the Go Sports Media Co. Network, um, and I think Paul then deleted it because no human being chef to no, suffer it's, through six it's parts. No, it's up. It's up on the. Um, it's up there. So there's go just, find there's it. There's no sound. That's all. Oh yeah, it's it's all mime. I mimed my way through six parts of the NFL draft. I did each player a full breakdown at every draft pick. All 259 players selected. <laughs> Um, but I will, rather than summarize it for you, just tell you, go to, you know, check out Go Sports Media Co. Anyway, 
the the big news, of course, of the NFL draft is the quarterbacks that were taken, the top five. Your Trevor Lawrence, your Zach Wilson, your Trey Lance, your Justin Fields, and Mac Jones all went in the top 15. Lawrence to Jacksonville. Uh, the Jets took Zach Wilson, thus ending his NFL career. In fact, I said to – I texted my a friend of mine who's a Jets fan. Once the, the Jets made their pick, I sent him a text that said, and that, friends, is the highlight of Zach Wilson's Jets career. Uh the San Francisco 49ers surprised everyone by taking Trey Lance instead of Mac Jones. The Bears traded up from 20 to 11 to get Justin Fields, hopefully solving their quarterback problems. And the Patriots, because the Patriots had to do absolutely nothing and got the quarterback they wanted at 15 in Mac Jones. So my question to anyone who's listening is, of those top five quarterbacks, who do we think has the most pressure on them? Now, the Jaguars, uh, there's no real pressure on Trevor Lawrence because they're going to give him all the time he needs. They have a new coach. They have a new quarterback. He's been primed to be the number one pick since the day he stepped set foot on Clemson's campus. There's really no pressure on him except to stay healthy and if hopefully their offensive line keep him upright. And on Mac Jones, you know, he went in the middle of the first round. Belichick loves him. Nick Saban, his coach in Alabama, loves him. There's no real pressure there either. He's got Cam Newton to sit behind, and Belichick will work with him. Now, that leaves the other three. Wilson, uh, the Jets have had exactly one moment in their history, the 1969 Super Bowl with Joe Namath. That's it. So the pressure on him, and he's playing you know, in the greatest city in the world. The city's so nice, they named it twice. Um there's a lot of pressure there just by being in New York City, a guy who's coming from Utah to New York City. Or is it Trey Lance? The 49ers traded a chunk of their future to trade up from six to three to get him. They, they, have a, a, they are built to win right now. That team, minus the quarterback, has star quality at almost every position. So Jimmy Garoppolo could have done well enough with that roster. If they had stuck at the sixth pick and said, we'll go, we're going to ride the Garoppolo train. Um, they came within, you know, half of a quarter of winning the Super Bowl. And they didn't lose that Super Bowl two years ago because of Jimmy Garoppolo. They lost because, in no small part, to the coaching malpractice of Kyle Shanahan, who we'll be hearing from later in the show. Wink, mm. wink. Um, then there's Justin Fields. Chicago has been wandering the quarterback desert since Sid Luckman, and that was many, many, many years ago, with a small detour to Jim McMahon. So Chicago turns its lonely eyes to Fields. So much is riding on this pick. The hopes of the city, the salvation of the franchise, and the jobs of head coach Matt Nagy and GM Ryan Pace. So I don't know. Those are three guys with an enormous amount of pressure. I would say, to me, the guy with the most pressure here is probably Justin Fields. Because the one piece that's been missing from this team since their Super Bowl win in 85 has been a quarterback, a serviceable quarterback. They've had guys that can throw it, but every experiment has ended in disaster. They're still waiting for a 4,000-yard passer. And the names, the roster of superstars that have come through Chicago, uh, they're starved. And so, you know, we've already seen after three years of Mitchell Trubisky, a guy the Bears traded up for to get bypassing Deshaun Watson and a player you may have heard of named Patrick Mahomes, you would think they just won the Super Bowl simply by drafting fields. I mean, the celebrations through Chicago when they drafted him, just unbelievable. So the pressure is squarely on this guy's head. And if you're Andy Dalton, 
who the Bears signed in the offseason who was supposed to be the starter, you're like, what do I have to do? First, I'm on the Cowboys with Dak Prescott, and now I get to the Bears thinking the job is mine. Oh, you just drafted Justin Fields. Oh, and yeah, and by the way, we've got another quarterback in the roster who won a Super Bowl a few years ago. So, you know, if you're Andy Dalton, you're like, well, I guess I'll be a backup again. But, you know, I still get paid. <laughs> I still get paid. So the That's pressure right, on Fields is enormous. If He's probably not going to start, but if the Bears aren't, you know, in the first six games, four and two or five and one, they're going to bring. They're going to trot out old number one. I guess he's going to wear number one. That's what he wore in college. We'll see. But I have a feeling we're going to see him play before we see uh, either Lance or Mac Jones. Obviously, Lawrence is going to start from day one. Wilson's going to start from day one. Let me ask you, pal. Um, what do you think of Lawrence and his uh, his shots of being successful here on the NFL league? I think I mean, he's going to be an extraordinary talent. The only thing that can stop him from being an extraordinary talent is injury. You know, he's he's got the, the size, got he's there. got the mobility, he's got the arm strength, he certainly has the experience, and he's getting a coach that obviously knows what he's doing. Now, the asterisk here is the Urban Meyer quarterbacks that he's had, none of them have seen any real NFL success. But other than that, other than his coach, his own coach or injury, I feel like Trevor Lawrence is going to have, at worst, a good, long 10 to 15-year career in the NFL. Really? Yeah. I'm writing that down. I don't know if it's all going to be with Jacksonville. I don't think he's, he's going to play that have... long. I think he's going to play 10 years and skip out. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, five years. And skip out of football or skip yeah, out of Jacksonville? I think he's gonna, no, I think he's going to retire. Really? Why? Uh, they're going to give him the world, right? There's no doubt he's going to make bank. Right. Right. Uh, he's going to probably win them a championship here within five years. And then uh, he's out. I don't think you think they're going to win a championship in Jacksonville in five years. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. All right. Well, let's archive this show. Yep. And on May on Cinco de Mayo 2026, or I guess 2027, that'll be after five NFL seasons. Mm-hmm. Then we'll recap. Yes, we will. And yes. We'll still be doing this show in 2027. I'll, Why not? You know, we got nothing it. else to do. I'll be doing it from Ingleside and probably won't remember who Paul is. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we'll certainly be doing the show. And, and also, look, uh, uh, real quick about the draft. Uh, one thing, I, and yes, I, I slavishly watched the first round and, and looked at my phone on Friday and Saturday in the second through seventh rounds. I'm a draft nut. I enjoy it. Uh, even though by the time you get to Saturday, most of the people that have been drafted I've never heard of. I get angry when the Wolfskins trade up into the sixth round to take a long snapper, which is not a position you ever draft. You can get a hundred guys who can snap the ball who are long snappers in the free agent market. But one thing I noticed is there's a lot of the last few years been about how athletic these players are especially the quarterbacks you know their 40 time their vertical jump their broad jump the cone drills arm strength all of which is important you don't want a quarterback with a weak arm but what they seem to be missing is these analysts and these general managers they talk about this player is very athletic this player is a cannon for an arm and that's great but they never talk about the hardware they talk about the software if we talk about these guys as computers they never talk about the software how good are they in terms of anticipation, leadership, worth it, work ethic, desire to be better, competitive spirit? 
And I, you know, you got to go back again. I hate to make this tired old comparison. It's cliche by now. But you look at Tom Brady when he came out of Michigan. The software there was pretty outdated. Not a lot of athleticism, not a lot of speed, okay arm strength, pretty good. You can always get stronger, you know, by lifting weights. But he has a supercomputer for a brain. Same thing with Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was no athlete, good arm, you know, not mobile at all. Certainly, and by the end of his career, is basically a statue. But the man could process information at the line of scrimmage in a fraction of a fraction of a second, he's and no that's a, why he's no Eli. Won. But he's no Eli. He, no, he's certainly no Eli. Hey, they have just as many Super Bowls. Although the second one for Manning comes with a giant asterisk. So people tend to overlook that guys. With, there's lots of guys who've come to the NFL with great arms that have done precisely bupkis, that have won as many games in the NFL as you and I have combined. So not let's not lose sight of the fact that athleticism and arm strength and that kind of thing is great. Mobility is great. Running a 40 times is great. That's under four or five for a quarterback. But if the hardware stinks, if your core processor is outdated, then it doesn't mean it doesn't matter at all what kind of an athlete you are. If when you get to this level, because playing on Saturday ain't playing on Sunday, when you get to this level, if you don't have the 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 hard drive, you know the hardware to play this game, your arm strength, your athleticism, your vertical jump, all of that means nothing. So we shall see. That's why the combine, these pro days, I never pay attention to it. I want to see what they did on the field, not how fast they run with nobody covering them and, and not in pads and so on. Okay, so that's my little soapbox moment about the draft. Let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. Do we have to? Just for a moment. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, okay, I'll give him wants, a moment. That's he it. Wants, he wants out of Green Bay. This guy, what a diva this guy is. Old, Old prickly McSour pants, as I like to call him. Nice! The guy who, the guy who wants to host Jeopardy, who... If I have to hear one more time that he's a, a serious candidate to be the permanent host, I may just vomit in my mouth because he is he has zippy personality. Zero. Great quarterback. I mean, look, if the Wolfskins want to trade for him and, and, and offer up the farm to Green Bay to take him, I'll, I'll do all my own parade down Constitution Avenue. <laughs> but as a, but as an entertainer, as someone I'd want to hang out with at a, at a party, whether masked or unmasked, social distance or not. Hopefully he's double vaxxed. Not someone I want to hang around with. But he's upset. He's unhappy. He wants to be traded. He said this the night of the draft. As a report came out right before the draft started that he said he's not coming back to the Packers. Boo who? He's upset because the Packers traded for a quarterback last year, Jordan Love, traded up in the draft, the draft Jordan Love from Utah. They didn't consult Rodgers. I was unaware that that's what you had to do. You had to consult your star quarterback. Yes, it would have been nice if they said, hey, you're getting older. We're going to draft a guy to you know, watch you play, and you can train him, and when you retire, he can step into those shoes. But they didn't. So you move on with your life. Rodgers coming off his MVP season, still one of the best quarterbacks in the league, wants to be traded. He's unhappy. There's talk that he wants to leave football and, you know, live his life. Right, that's, with his too pregnant, time, that's too much time. That's too much time. You've gone over your Aaron Rodgers timeline. Okay, he's, you want to know why I want to speak? A, you a, want to... Go ahead. He, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to tell you what my thing. I'm going to wrap this up in a moment. Go ahead. What were you going to say about him? He's just, you know, he's a diva. He's a punk. He's a he, punk. Uh, forget all this stuff that I'm saying about Rodgers. Here's one. the bottom line. Shut up. His 
His agent, his agent, I'm sure, planted this story because here's why all this chatter about wanting to be traded and threatening to retire. And by the way, if he does retire, he owes the Packers $12 million. Um, he is the fifth highest paid quarterback in the NFL behind Mahomes, Prescott, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson, which wouldn't be bad except he's tied for fifth with Jared Goff. <laughs> Nobody is confusing Detroit's Jared Goff with, you know, Hall of Famer Jared Goff. So the fact that he makes as much money as Jared Goff with a far longer resume and a far longer list of accomplishments probably pisses him off. So he's using this, I'm hurt, I'm angry, I'm unloved, I'm unrespected, I'm going to go host Jeopardy. I'm going to marry, you know, Cheyenne Woodley from the Divergent series, who wow, I think is pregnant. Is, again, you're you know, again, this is going on so too long about Aaron Rodgers. It's all a plant. It's He's not going to be traded. He's not going anywhere. The Packers will knuckle under and give him more money or do something to soothe his ego, and we can stop hearing about it. But I don't mind fantasizing about having him play in the burgundy and gold if they can pull off that trade. And lastly... Tim Tebow wants to play football again, this time as a tight end with his old pal Urban Meyer. What? He's worked out for the Jacksonville Jaguars now that baseball has been a flop. Well, not really a flop, but baseball didn't really work out. People said to him years ago when he came into the league, you were a quarterback in college, one of the best. You won the Heisman. Why don't you become a tight end? You've got the size and shape for it. He said, no, I want to be a quarterback. And now here he is, you know, 11 years later saying, I'm going to go back, play for my old college coach, Urban Meyer, as a tight end, they've had discussions. There's been some mutual interest. So if you thought Tim Tebow was out of sports, stay tuned. You might How be suiting it up. How He's 32, 33. 2007 Heisman Trophy winner. Dear um, So he was 7-4 and four as a starter when he played football. But really, again, it was all smoke and mirrors with this guy. But, hey, maybe he'll be catching passes from Trevor Lawrence. Well, he better do it within the next five years if he wants a championship. Right, because in five years they're going to be – they'll have won at least one Super Bowl. By the way, if you want to play the creep music when we have a, another Aaron Rodgers update, which I'm sure we're going to have, feel free. Well, I got well, a couple other songs I can play for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he's okay? not really a creep. Yeah. He's more of a deep yeah. – as I said. Material Girl by Madonna pants. was the first one I was thinking of. That would be a solid choice. Yeah. All right. A solid, solid choice. All right, from American football. What's that sound? Is he here? Is that our pal? Oh, there he is. That's about you, Yanks. Talk a bit of football. Or what you guys call it, soccer. Wow, we're bringing it back. A few seconds of soccer here on the Honchos. But it ain't good stuff. It's just not no. good stuff. I'm, no, I'm very I'm gonna, angry. Uh, why don't you, uh, since you were so outraged. I see, unlike the Tom Wilson Michigas from earlier, this, again, I wish you could see the texts that Paul was sending me. Oh, and he also, we you came up with a new name. You know how you can visit. We came up with a new name for the sports honchos, which we'll tell you about, you know, some other time. <laughs> All you have to tell them, Rob, is if they've ever seen the George Collins skit where he does all the curse words. That's yes. That, that was basically my text reply to you. When there were Rob asked me, compound. how do you feel about the Manchester United fans breaking into the stadium, old causing Trafford. all kinds of trouble? <laughs> um, I'm a Manchester United fan. 
I know we can curse on this show, but it would probably be over the top as far as my rage is concerned. Well, First let me of see all, I'm, yeah. What? I'm looking at the text now. I'm trying to see if there's anything I could say, but yeah, not really. <laughs> well, no, the first text was fine. Um, I said, I just sent you the article, the link to the article, and you said, it's fucking stupid. They're all assholes. Hopefully talking about the Man U fans and not about me and my family. Uh, fucking dumb soccer fans over a dumb fucking sport. The thought of them damaging and stealing from their teams. Stadium is the dumbest fucking thing in the world. Make them DOTW this week. Fucking asshats. And then, after that, it got really obscene. So I'll just leave it at that. That was the most tame. That was the most G-rated of Paul's rants. And again, we got a really good name for the show, but it's too long for the t-shirt, so we scuttled it. But suffice it to say, Paul was unhappy about the protest. And this all goes back to the failure of the Super League, or at least it's part of it, yes? It's this, it's the, it's a revolution against the American owners of some of Europe's most prominent soccer teams. In this case, it's the Glazers. Oh, it's so stupid. Now, obviously, if I'm an English pub in Manchester, you know, it's so stupid, man. Sorry to all the English fans out there. for So we've insulted the, the Mexicans, the English, and possibly the French. Well, last week it was the Chinese and the Canadians. So we're, we're making our way around the world, our passport of shame. Look, I just it's just so stupid. You know? It Clearly. Just doesn't, it doesn't do – I mean, what is it with people these days in this country and other countries storming facilities? You know, back in the day it was different. I mean, you know, primarily, this is over a soccer team. This is over soccer. It's over sport. You know, and the other thing, too, is, is that that team and the, the success they had in the 90s and early 2000s and the, and the history, the legends that have played there, it's sacred ground. And you got a bunch of fucking lulas running around, and then they start taking stuff, and they got their phones out, and they're taking selfies. So it's like... Are you really protesting? Are you just in there to to get on your Facebook and your? Tw- I mean, it's so stupid. It's not going to do anything. Hmm. So you're upset about your freaking soccer team about where they might play or whatever. They're gonna gonna storm the gates, break the stadium. Look at us, idiots. I could now, go on I, and on, but I, it would I... just get incredibly foul mouth, and it would just be terrible. And that's not something we have time for right now because it will go on for a long time. It's just pathetic. It's just so stupid. And, and I say that more than anything on a, on a just on, on what's important in life. Yes. You know, there's a, the pandemic going on. England's in bad shape. You know, there's, they're fighting in, in, in uh, Northern Ireland again. Get your acts together over there. Get your priorities straight. You know? It's a bunch of bullshit. Stupid. I will, I will you, say uh, this. Here's, here's what I'm going to say. Okay. Can you imagine me and Rob storming, you know, where the Capitals play? What's the name the of the Capitol, building again? The Capital One Arena. Because the Capitals have decided that they're going to join. I don't know. It doesn't matter what they're going to join. Could you just picture me and Rob saying, oh, I'm <laughs> just mad the about this. <laughs> Grab something. Yeah. The two of us in about There you go. 700 of the morons. Right. We want change. We're gonna we're gonna storm the building, and then we're gonna go inside, 
and we're storming the building because we love the team so much. We love the crest, and we're going to go into the building that the team plays that we love so much, and we're going to wreck it. Yeah. Morons. I mean, I will say that normally soccer hooliganism has provided some great material uh, back in the old. Well, usually there's nation. a good reason for the hooliganism. Yeah. You know, they're going back and forth in the stands. They've got, they've taken care of most of that well, anyway because most of the fans are banned. They're banned from European competition because of the stupid stuff like they pulled on Sunday. Well, I remember back in the SB Nation days reading a story about a, a fan who was so incensed at his team's performance on the field that he went into the bathroom, ripped a toilet oh, out of the worse, wall, man. and chucked it onto the onto the pitch. I tell you what, you say. don't want to watch a soccer game, <laughs> and and if you're from the other team, is in Russia. Okay, those got you might not come home. Okay, no. so you know because in Russia, so soccer stupid. watches you. Yes, exactly. Just so so that's my look. It's just so stupid. Again, it's like Aaron Rodgers. I don't have any time to waste on the stupid Manchester United fans that stormed Old Trafford last Sunday. Bunch of morons. You're not allowed to watch the team anymore. Go away. Well, it brings me to this about fans, and this is not including the the, our friends who stormed Old Trafford, but American fans ought to be ashamed of themselves. If we take what happened with the Super League and how it was it was the fans' voice that got the Super League dissolved as quickly as it appeared, we here in the United States have this conception, a misconception, that we're the greatest fans on earth, whether it's hockey or basketball, baseball, football. But we're always the ones that get the shaft. When anything happens in, in our sport, any changes, rules changes, player movement, price increases – realignment, renaming divisions, ads on jerseys, everything that makes people upset, instant replay, all the things that piss the fans off. And their only threat is, oh, I'm never going to go to another Capitals game again. Bullshine. The same people that say, I'm never going to pay another dime to watch the Redskins. Well, the same people who say, I'm not going to watch the Capitals anymore because of what Tom Wilson did the other night. No, I never said, I said I'm done with Tom Wilson. I said some people, I didn't say you. All right, I was going to say so. But really, we have exactly zero power. None. The fans exactly. you get rocked right. all that over. Is the, that and is they, the you, only smart thing you said during this whole show tonight. I was, at least didn't say it over the whole 31 shows we've had. <laughs> I mean, we should look over at Europe and say these fans wanted change and they got change up until the point where they stormed Old Trafford. I'm putting that aside. But the fans in Europe have so much more power, apparently, from what we see over here on this side of the Atlantic. This is only one sport do. over there, buddy. But still, it's in no sport. sport do the fans have any sort of sway in the United States. There's and that's only a shame. one sport bringing in income to any any ownership in Europe. Soccer. No. It's it. Okay, but you would think the number the, the golden goose of sports, professional sports in the United States, is, is the NFL. And I realize it's mostly, if not almost entirely, the TV business, the TV revenue. But all we do is complain about the things that are happening. We never take any real concerted action. There's so many more of us as fans than the people who run all of our favorite teams, whether it's you know whatever the sport is. And never once has there been any sort of concerted action about anything the way we've seen – the soccer fans in Europe rise up against the Super League and tear it down as fast as it got here. There is no solution. I just think 
that we we should every time we pat ourselves on the back as the best fans in the world, we complain about we, everything here. Right. All right. That we don't do but anything about it. I All we do is kvetch. Because you know what? We got too many choices. We got too many sports. We got too many things we can do here. All right. In Europe, it's confined. All right. It's like food, drink, and soccer. Okay. That's it. Yeah, it's just it's couple it's of, just, couple of the Europeans, you know, up in uh, you know, Nova, uh, Scandinavia, they got some hockey, and there's some right. skiing, the Northern Alps, all that other stuff. It's a one sport country, right? The United States has everything, and I now know, they're trying a lot to of choices. now they're trying to push curling on us. Oy vey. Exactly. Will not, we'll, 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 there will not be a curling segment on this show. Buddy, Maybe ESPN in the third for, hour. I mean, they we've got. People watch people play poker on TV. Yeah. It's big bucks. They've only got one thing over there, and that's the thing. You know, I, not to, like I said, the state is bullshit. The Super League, I get it because it's it's the one thing that they have, and they don't they don't want it. They don't want to see the tradition of it and the competition right. part of it to the wayside. It's no excuse to storm a goddamn stadium. Right. No, that's why I said up until that point, I was with the fans. When they stormed the stadium, I was off that train. I mean, and look, I just think there's that we should recognize how much power we have in this country as fans, not to incite violence and insurrection, but just to do something. You know. But I mean, come that's on, all. really? I mean, are a bunch of Yankee fans going to really, you know? I mean, they're they're great in the stands together. They combine for the team and everything, the passion stuff. But you know. Hey, let's let's no. let's storm the stadium. Nah, no, you, know you know what? what? You know what they I'm, do? What I'm fans busy, here do? brother. If if they don't like their team, they do what the old the, the old uh, New Orleans Saints don't fans show used up. to do. They wear bags on their heads. Or you don't show up. Or you or you don't show up. You know, if you don't show up, whatever you say about TV money, every sport needs its gate revenue, as you've seen it over the in the pandemic year. Or so just remember, in know, the '80s, you got Yankee something. Stadium was empty. Okay. Steinbrenner did not like not making money. And when those seats were empty, and that, now this is way before the big TV deals and all that other stuff, mm-hmm. that place was empty. And then they finally started, you know, putting money into the team, money into the organization, and definitely into the, um, you know, the, the beyond just the, the big team, just its uh, its affiliations, the minor league teams and everything, and they started rebuilding the system, and they started getting the players up. And then, you know, yep. you, get, you get into the 90s, you know, even before Tory got there with Manningly and stuff, I mean, they were they were turning things around there a little bit. And um, the guy who used to coach your team that hasn't won in Showalter, Showalter, no, not Showalter, was it? Yeah, it was Buck Showalter, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's when it, it pivoted, and that's when it came back. And and what happened was the the Yankees got back to that standard that they were in the seventies, and obviously every decade before they've won so many championships. But for that gap there, they weren't making any money, and the fans weren't coming out, and that's basically what um, you know, and, and now the fans. We're we're spoiled by it in the sense that it's a good way because the New York Yankees every year go out of their way. Money is not an option put, to put the best team on the field. And a couple of other franchises have kind of followed that model. Boston did it. Chicago Cubs did it there for a little while. There's a couple other teams that have been doing that, you know. So um, that's it. You got you to gotta put people in the stands. And, uh, yep. and and that's that's the power that at least baseball fans have, and most sporting teams just don't go to the game. Yeah, that's it. If you really want change, just sacrifice. You know, going to a live event for a little while until people realize, hey, I'm losing money. Nobody wants to lose money. Nobody. All right. 
That's all I got for you on the fans. All right, thanks so much. American You're fans are terrible, and so are Manchester United fans. Thank you very much. Right. So that only means one thing, Mr. Cuny. Uh-oh. That's right. The Gags Gang and I, your favorite, spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. And you can, for absolutely no reward, save for our undying respect and gratitude, help pilot the show by nominating a Dope of the Week yourself. Use the hashtag DOTW on Twitter, at Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Honchos, at Ghost Sports Media Co. And who will be carrying the mythical Sports Honchos Dope of the Week cup around the ice rink of shame this week? And this one has great personal meaning for me. None other than Robert Griffin III, former Redskins quarterback and current NFL free agent. Way go, Robert! But first, before we carve up Monsieur Griffin Dutois, a DOTW honorable mention goes out to 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan was asked last week if quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo would still be on the 49ers roster come Sunday after the NFL draft. This was in reference to speculation that the 49ers would be trading for disgruntled Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers or taking one of the highly touted quarterbacks in last week's draft. They ultimately picked Trey Lance from North Dakota State. And here was Shanahan's slightly exaggerated response. Hit it. That anybody in the world will be alive Sunday, so I can't guarantee who will be on our roster on Sunday. Um, so that goes for all of us. Um, second of all... Now I've already forgot your second one. What was it? <laughs> so in the end, uh, Shanahan, Garoppolo, and every other 49er made it to Sunday Alive and on the roster. Perhaps during a pandemic, or at least in the final grips of the pandemic, Shanny could have chosen his words a smidge more carefully. And now back to RG3. On Friday night, Texas A&M quarterback Kellen Mond was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings in the third round of the NFL draft. The Vikings presumably drafted Mond to sit and learn behind current starter Kirk Cousins, who has been with Minnesota for the last three seasons. Prior to coming to Minnesota, he had been with the Redskins, where he started his career in 2012. Enter RG3. On the Bleacher Report draft show last Friday night, Griff took the opportunity to weigh in on the Vikings taking Mond. Now, before we play the clip, a little backstory is necessary. Griffin, the 2011 Heisman Trophy winner, was the second overall pick in the 2012 draft by the Skins. The Skins sent a boatload of draft picks to the then St. Louis Rams to move from 6th to 2nd in that draft. Surprisingly, the Skins also took Cousins in that same draft in the 4th round, which left many observers justifiably confused. Mike Shanahan, who was the head coach of the Skins during this time, admitted later that if he had been available when they picked in the 3rd round... The, then the Woofed Skins would have taken Russell Wilson. Boy, imagine how that would have changed the fortunes of Seattle and Washington. So from the start, Shanahan was not sold on Griffin. The rest of the story is now canon in Redskins Nation and too lengthy to retell here. It would take a podcast of its own. Griffin had a spectacular 2012 season, was the Offensive Rookie of the Year, and led the Skins to the NFC East title. Cousins backed up Griffin in 2012, and then he and Griffin took turns starting in 2013 and 2014 before Cousins took over as the starter in 2015, and Griffin was released. It is no secret, or it was no secret, that Griffin and Cousins did not get along, and it was more than professional rivalry. It was a conflict that divided the locker room and got coaches fired. There was a bright line division among fans, players, coaches, and team executives, including owner little Danny Snyder, 
over who should be the starter in D.C. After Griffin was released and Cousins took over in 2015, Cousins became the most polarizing athlete in D.C. sports history. Now, with that as a backup, here are Griffin's comments from last Friday. Vikings drafted right. your guy, Brandon quarterback Kellen Mond, possibly as a long-term replacement for Kirk Ooh. Cousins. Cousins' Kellen former Mond. teammate, RG3, weighing in on the new quarterback dynamic in Minnesota, and it's pretty explosive. Listen to this. I can tell you right now, number eight in Minnesota is probably not real happy right now uh, because Kellamon represents exactly what he doesn't do well, right? Kellamon's the, the big physical quarterback. He can run it, throw it all over the field. Um, and I don't think that that's something that number eight is able to do. But I, I would tell you this, with great determination and great coaching, I think this is a guy that could be a real riser. Uh, over the course of his career and as you see you know uh, Cousins has been collecting checks there in Minnesota for a long time taking them to eight and eight and nine and seven seasons uh, if, if, if he has a bad start to the year uh, like he did last year I could see the fans and maybe the organization leaning towards Mund if he comes in and impresses Hard to be boy talk about your bitter beer face that is some serious shade right there doesn't even call him Cousins except once calls him <laughs> number eight and let me just correct a couple things he's taken him to eight seven and one and ten and six with one seven and nine season now look normally when one drops trow to shit on arrival it is from a position Ooh. above the target griffin has managed to shit upwards as impressive and anatomically impossible as that may be it is comical to think that griffin has any standing to comment on another quarterback since the 2015 season, the trajectories of these two former rivals have gone in two extreme opposite directions, which has led to lingering resentment and jealousy by Griffin, as well as a healthy dose of denial. Since 2015, Cousins has led the Skins and Vikings to winning records in four of his six seasons, and his teams have never won fewer than seven games. He has averaged 4,223 yards and 29 touchdowns against just 11 interceptions in that time and has missed zero games due to injury. Some argue that he is a stat compiler who cannot win the big game. Some argue that he is an average starter at best. However, there are plenty of teams who would take a quarterback with stats similar to, hmm, I don't know, Matthew Stafford and Phillip Rivers, two quarterbacks who will someday be in the Hall of Fame together. Griffin, on the other hand, has bounced around the league since he was, ta he was tossed over the side after the 2014 season. He missed all of 2015 and 2017 because of lack of demand and not because of injury. He played for the Browns in 2016, the Browns, and spent the last three seasons backing up Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. After the 2020 season, he was released by the Ravens. He started seven games for the Skins in 2014, which is the same number of starts he has had in the last seven seasons. His rookie year was outstanding, but since then his career has been, if I am being generous, spotty. Like a leopard is spotty. You know, it's funny that Griffin is accusing Cousins of just collecting checks, considering that Griffin is currently collecting checks from nobody except the Maryland State Unemployment Commission. The bottom line is that Cousins is having a good to great career, and Griffin managed to have a great season. Griffin is a world-class diva who has been starved for attention since he came into the league. He has thrown everyone under the bus as he drove his career into oblivion. I understand he is bitter and resentful and angry, but at some point he has to stop blaming Cousins and maybe start blaming, to quote noted philosopher Michael Joseph Jackson, the man in the mirror. <laughs> so, Bobby Three Sticks, for not being able to read the metaphorical scoreboard, for misunderstanding the basic laws of physics, anatomy, and psychology, and for your desperate attempt 
to keep yourself relevant. You are the Sports Honcho's Dope of the Week. Congrats, Robert. The certificate is in the mail. Way to go, Robert. <laughs> Good old Bobby Three Sticks. Dope. What? Dope. Shitting upward. Oh, yeah, a lot of feces, uh, uh, you know, connotations in that uh, DOTW, D-O-T-W yes. there, pal. Very scatological. Yeah, well. Yeah, the D stands for bowel movement or something. Well, you know like what? That. I Maybe, don't know. You know that's, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's something the fans could get marching on, you know? Yes. Take him down. Maybe. You know? Storm yep. this house. What do you say? Me, me and you, we'll start it. Sure. Do you know where he we'll lives? No, I... <laughs> We'll find him. We'll just walk around yelling his name. I'm sure he's so starved for attention. He'll he'll call. He'll answer back to us. Oh, we'll tweet man. him something. Good stuff there, That's Mr. Cutie. That's why they called him RG Me here and not <laughs> RG3. Or should I say Mr. Senor Honcho Cune. Very good job, my friend. So a little update for you. Uh, about less than eight minutes left here in the third period. And your Washington Capitals are beating my New York Rangers 3-0. Sorry. So, um, that's all I can say. Another nail in the coffin here for the New York Rangers season. All of us in Rangers land will all looking forward to tomorrow morning for some more exciting news. Yep. With two games left against the Boston Brains. I mean, the Boston Brains. And if you want, if you want either Paul and I to give you instant feedback on whatever happens in Gotham concerning the Rangers or the Yankees or anybody, again, 911. 911. Give us a call. I'm standing by. Always standing by. And as always, your call is very important to us. Please hold. You are important to us. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, sharing, and following along. To all of you out there, on behalf of Senor Cuny and Senor Cuthbert, we wish all of you a happy and safe Cinco de Mayo. Thank you so much for hanging out on the Cinco de Hancho show this evening. And with that said, Mr. Cuny, please say good evening to the phone. Before we say adios and vaya con Dios, oh, mi amigos. Oh! Before any of that, that's the extent of my Spanish. You're welcome. Hey, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening, subscribing, following, rating us, reviewing us, all those nice things. We can't do this show without you. Believe it or stuff it. So don't be like the fans at Old Trafford. You know, when you want us to do something, we'll do it for you because that's just how generous and helpful we are. Thank you for listening. Have a great evening. Be nice to each other. Be safe out there. And as always, peace. Thank you so much. Honcho's out. Be safe and healthy out there. Take care of yourself.